MMR's Preston C podcast is brought to you by Acme. Get more from your store with Acme's Fresh Pass program. Acme Markets, fresh food, local flavors. This is Virginia Lottery recording session. We're rolling. Coming this Tuesday. Actually, just read option one. New games every Tuesday? Perfect. For more information, visit VALottery.com slash Tuesday. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. It is Wednesday, March 8th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. A group of juveniles ransacked a Center City, Philadelphia business and attacked an employee on Tuesday night. It happened at 10th and Chestnut Streets just after 6 o'clock. An employee told 6ABC one or two of the suspects held the front door closed while the others stole hookahs and damaged merchandise mm. inside the store. Roughly 15 to 20 young people were reportedly involved in the incident. The attack is one of a slew of recent incidents that have involved a large group. Philadelphia police are seeking eight suspects for brutally attacking a woman just a block from City Hall. Video of that incident was released on Tuesday morning. Uh, that assault happened at 15th and Chestnut just after 7 o'clock in the evening on February 23rd. Police say the victim, a 33-year-old woman, was knocked down by a group of people. The suspects then beat the victim until she was unconscious. The video shows at least one suspect stomping on her. Uh, the group then walks away. One of the suspects picks up a bike off of the ground while leaving, and surveillance images show several suspects using bikes. Police release still images of each of the eight suspects in hopes of identifying those responsible. All of the attackers appeared to be young. In the last three years, there have been an average of 180 assaults per year, but in the last 12 months, there have been more than 200. There was no word on any possible motive for this assault. Uh, the victim suffered injuries to her head, face, and body. Police are still searching for the suspects of the February 5th attack as well. Uh, that happened in a well-lit block on the eight, uh, 18th and Addison Streets near Rittenhouse. The female victim was violently shoved to the ground for nearly a minute. Uh, she was punching, kicked repeatedly, and robbed. Images capture some of the suspects using her credit cards at various stores. Police are looking to see if any of these attacks are linked. Anyone with information is asked to contact the Philadelphia Police Department. Skimming devices at ATMs in Montgomery County may have exposed users' banking information. The tampered machines are located at two 7-Elevens in Norristown and then a 7-Eleven in Conshohocken. The Norristown locations uh, are at 708 East Johnson Highway and 1335 Sandy Hill Road. And then the Conshohocken location is right at uh, 601 Fayette Street. Police say the skimming devices were located internally. In addition, a small camera was placed above the keypad uh, to the right to capture users entering their pin. You could see, they showed a picture of it. Yeah. Like you could see there was, you know, kind of like uh, perforated the, the metal right. of the ATM yeah. machine. So, I mean, I think if you walked up, you'd be like, oh, this ATM machine is damaged. But nowadays you got to look because that's what it was. It was exactly that. It was a camera. Yeah. If you remember, I found a skimming device on the uh, uh, ATM in the convenience store right around the corner from here. Right, right. And, uh, and I, had, you know, I had to call the cops. I had to, you know, cancel all of my credit cards and all that stuff. But uh, I was talking to somebody from the bank uh, and they said, if you're going to hit an ATM, like, you know, you as a customer always go to a bank because they at the bank are required to check their ATMs a few times a day. So those are the most secure and the safest ones. It's, it's funny because when I go to uh, even like at a gas station, I'm up at the pump and I'm paying. I, I think uh, that the owners of those establishments probably think I'm vandalizing the equipment because I'm shaking <laughs> it and moving it and checking it so much because you have to be careful. 
Steve, I do the exact same thing, and that they're saying that's one of the things. Like if if it's if it's not secure, that's yeah. one of the indicators that there may be a device in there. So yeah, well, yeah. And I'm my always wife, shaking it. My wife kind of like gives me crap because I'm a cash guy, you know. Still, and I'm like, well, that's why, you yeah. know, like I, you know, yeah. I like to you know pay with cash. I don't you know, if I can and not use a you know credit card where anything can be compromised, or just write out IOUs, keep little pieces yeah. of paper and a pen. <laughs> Investigators say the thieves can obtain all that credit card, uh, all the credit card data via Bluetooth to steal your identity. Detectives say the device is often an overlay that someone sticks onto the card reader. So when using the ATM or even at the gas pump, Steve, uh, look to see if the machine is secure. If there are loose wires, uh, maybe possibly a camera on top of the keypad, or they say if the keypad is spongy, these are indicators that there may be a skimming device. If you've used any of the tampered ATMs in Norristown or in Conshohocken recently, you should contact your bank immediately and report any fraudulent activity. Uh, and even if you didn't use those, just make sure you're checking your statements. We've had mild temperatures this winter, but it's been a long winter of six Sickness. Shortages of children's over-the-counter medicines persist, along with frequently prescribed antibiotics like amoxicillin. Several pharmacists in the area have reported that they're struggling to try to take care of their patients. The FDA said Tuesday that while it cannot force manufacturers to increase production, the pub- public should rest assured the FDA is working closely with numerous manufacturers and others in the supply chain to understand, mitigate, and prevent or reduce the impact of intermittent or increased demand of certain products. It's a nationwide issue that's been felt right here in Philadelphia as well. Well, I know I, uh, a couple of months ago, I went to try to find something at CVS, and like the the uh, the shelves were bare. There were there was yeah. pretty much no medicine. There. Hey, were you looking for amoxicillin? No, it wasn't. It was just an over the counter like pain reliever. It was oh. like Tylenol or something like that. But it was, I mean, wiped out. I make my own, and yeah, uh, I, yeah, I understand that it's not going to be as good as the uh, the store bought. But right. I, I I do pretty well. You not do what you need to do. Yeah, <laughs> I use a lot of chalk. A CVS CVS spokesperson said there's an industry-wide supplier shortage of certain doses of amoxicillin, and we're working with manufacturers to replenish supply as quickly as possible. Uh, In the event an individual CVS pharmacy store is temporarily out of stock, our pharmacy teams assist patients in locating the product at nearby locations and work with prescribers to determine potential alternatives. Didn't we find out a while back that a major uh, chalk uh, manufacturer is kind of in our general vicinity? What, Dick Blake? I think that was it, yeah, right? Dick They're up in, uh, I think, Emmaus or uh, in the Lehigh Valley, and uh, yeah. I just love it because of the name. Dick Blake, now are they providers of school chalk? Yeah. 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 That's so great, I Steve. Had a, I had a, ever, uh, a running low. Oh, man, I had it right over there. Yeah. And I'm heading Steve, over to the Dickster. I had this uh, this sort of peculiar math teacher in 10th grade, and boy, did he love bragging about his Dick Blake chalk. <laughs> like, it, was, it was something he was That's like, some big dick. <laughs> you sure he chalk. wasn't trying to yeah, he was an odd get bird. something else going on Do you know what was the best was the separate color? For the chalk that they used well, to have. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's why oh, in part yeah. he was very excited about his Dick Blake chalk because you could get all sorts of different colors. He could do different graphs, different colors of the Dick Blake chalk made uh, locally right here in Pennsylvania. My, I'm Big Dick Blake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, my dad was a truck driver, and at the, the warehouses that they would uh, deliver to, they had those giant thick pieces of chalk. Yeah. That, as a kid, that was so much. I would have my. You're like, yeah, I'll go to work with you for I'm the big day. Big Dick Black. There you go, Big yeah. Dick Blick. They used to also have a, a chalk holder that was multiple pieces. Oh, yeah. Where you could do, like, a, 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 I guess, her musical notation. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember that. 
in high school, one of my chemistry teachers was trying to, uh, I don't know what he was trying to show, but he was throwing a piece of chalk from the front of the room to the back chalkboard so that it would hit the chalkboard and explode. Uh-huh. And he missed, and he hit my friend in the forehead. Uh, that was a standard teacher like move, wasn't it? You know the, what? Throwing yeah. the chalk? We, we, should, we should find out, because uh, I had chalk throwers. Oh, yeah. When, yeah. Uh, oh, when really? I in, oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't have when I was those. in junior high. Absolutely. No, uh, but the other gag you play was you put a piece of chalk in the eraser. So yeah. Right, right, yeah. I did, I did that. It's that one of the best. best. Yep. It's terrible. Pissed them off. about that one. <laughs> All right, let's do sports this morning. The Sixers beat the Timberwolves 117 to 94 last night in Minnesota. Joel Embiid scored 39 points. Tyrese Maxey added 27, and the Sixers went 4-1 and one on this road trip. James Harden, the team's, the team's second-leading scorer and the NBA assist leader, was held out for left foot soreness. Embiid scored 22 points in the third quarter as the Sixers won their third straight game and are now just a game and a half behind the Boston Celtics for second place in the East. The Sixers are back home on Friday night and will host the Portland Trailblazers. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. The Flyers lost to the Lightning 5-2 last night in Tampa Bay. What the, the Flyers f- is this? Gave up three power play goals and haven't won back-to-back games since the middle of January. The road trip continues tomorrow night with a game in Carolina against the Hurricanes. The puck will drop at 7 o'clock. And at spring training, the Phillies lost to the Rays 7-3 yesterday afternoon in Clearwater. The Phillies have an off day today and will play the Orioles in Clearwater tomorrow afternoon. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much. You may be able to tell, maybe not, but uh, Kathy is actually at her home today. We just uh, replayed the segment from yesterday. Her son uh, was uh, had to go through an appendectomy, and now they're in the recovery. And uh, you got to wait until, um, you know, he's got more mobility before he yep. can go back to school, yep. right, Kath? Yeah, right. He's going to, I mean, he's going to be able to walk around. Uh, he's still having a little trouble. A little, it's a little painful for him to walk um, yeah. and get up and down out of bed or out of a chair. So, yeah, we're, uh, but but he's getting better for right. sure. Very good. So, Kath is at home today, uh, and we do have several things taking place. It's a Wednesday, so we'll go on Fox Good Day today. We also have uh, actress Diane Franklin rescheduled from a couple of days ago. She was in Last American Virgin, or, yeah, Last yeah. American Virgin. And uh, she was also in uh, Better Off Dead and uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. The name of her book is called The Excellent Comedy of the Last American French Exchange Babe of the 80s, <laughs> which is a brilliant title. Yeah. So we'll talk to her later on this morning. And we have a secret text word. We have your chance to win tickets to see Adam Sandler. Live, <laughs> live Friday, April 14th at the Wells Fargo Center. And there will be a surprise guest. They're billing. We don't know who this is. Uh, so get on it and text the word secret to 39333, which we will send a word and ask you to call in later on with that word. The designated caller wins the tickets. And just for the hell of it, we'll grab a random texter as well and give away a pair that way. So, so do that now. Text the word secret to 39333. Let's take a break. Let's come back in a moment. And the stupid question in the entertainment report is on the way next. Beautiful looking start to the day. We'll be back in just a moment. See what you've been hearing with WMMR.com's Video On Demand. Watch highlights from Preston and Steve shenanigans, station events, and take a peek behind the scenes at the station. You'll marvel at how anything gets done around here. WMMR.com. 
Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web, PrestonandSteve.com. You've been making better decisions for your busy family for years. And now, little by little, you're making decisions for yourself. Like snacking a little better, going a little further, sleeping a little deeper. Acme's here to make that journey easier and even more rewarding with their new Sincerely Health platform featuring nutrition plans, prescription reminders, and more. Sign up in the Acme mobile app to earn up to $25 in grocery rewards. Visit acmemarkets.com health for more details. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So, we give away a prize this morning for the lesson, or I'm sorry, stupid question. A $50 Metro Diner dining card. Question that I have for you is this. Mm-hmm. What five-letter fictional company is responsible for Jurassic Park? Aha! Uh-huh. 215263 WMMR. I never would have gotten this. What five-letter fictional company is responsible for Jurassic Park? 215-263-WMMR. Call if you know the answer. Did you ever read the original? No. You know what? A buddy of mine did years before that movie came out, and he said it was a fantastic book. Michael Crichton, a really solid writer, you know, and uh, I think you like his stuff, Preston. It's always like a brisk read, you know, great storytelling. It's a little different than the movie, too. I mean, I I read it, Steve, and um, and then I was reading Preston when the movie came out, so I read half of the book. Went and saw the movie and then finished the book. And I was like, well, these things are pretty different. <laughs> right. right. And how do you compare them? Most of the times I, I enjoy a book more than I yeah. do a movie because it goes a little more in depth. There's a little more backstory, stuff like that. All of those things are true, but that movie was so revolutionary okay. when it came out. I mean, those dinosaurs were real. Yeah. yeah. They're real, <laughs> man. Those dinosaurs <laughs> were real. All right. And do you know, like, of all those dinosaurs, the most polite dinosaurs out there were the what? Uh, the poor favors. Yes. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Not the... Not the carnivores, the carnivores. carnivores. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the poor favors. All right, so <laughs> we'll mention some birthdays today, being the eighth day of March. Uh, gentlemen, we've had on uh, the show before Mr. Mickey Dolenz of the Monkeys. Last surviving member. Last surviving member of the Monkeys, I know. Last uh, surviving member taking the last train to Clarksville. He turns uh, 78 years old today. Very, very nice guy. And when I was a kid, he was my favorite monkey. Oh, my, likewise. A couple of reasons. He played the drums. Uh, number two, the, the most... Like, more aggressive songs he sang. Right. He had a little bit more rock and roll in his voice than the other singers. He was the funniest, two of the lot. Yeah. Yeah. And this was, um, they were, like, I remember, you know, you didn't, you never really wanted to like the music your parents liked, but I remember, I think it was my mom playing this, and I, and I was like, oh, wait, this is the Monkees? Okay, I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of really good Monkey stuff, and especially the stuff that the Monkees themselves wrote and produced. I really Which they fought to get done. I always dug this song. It's called uh, For Pete's Sake, and they would play this on the back end of uh, the latter episodes. I just thought it was such yep. a cool tune. Uh, so Mickey Dolenz turns 78 years old today. Uh, actress Cameron Mannheim, uh, who was on The Practice, 
and a variety of movies and shows. Signals, right? Uh, is she Signals? Isn't she, um, or is she not? Oh, Singles? <clears throat> I no, I said signals. signals. What was Signals? Uh, the uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, Signs. 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 That's it, right. Isn't that? There's another science fiction called Signals. So long since Probably I've seen not. It. Uh, she is 62 today. Freddie Prinze Jr. has his birthday. Uh, movies like I Know What You Did That Summer and She's All That and Scooby-Doo, married to Sarah Michelle Gellar. He does a podcast that's pretty popular. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's uh, 47 today. Uh, actor Aiden Quinn, yeah, who goes back to Desperately Seeking Susan, Legends of the Fall, Benny and June. Uh, he is 64 today. He was also in one of those recent Liam Neeson, I'm giving up action movies movies. Oh, was he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's He's always good. Um, Dawson's birthday today. James Vanderbeek of Dawson's Creek fame. I love James Vanderbeek. I love what he's become. He's become very aware of James Vanderbeek and has a ton of fun with it. Uh, Varsity Blues. I don't want your life. Yep. And uh, I guess he's on CSI Cyber. I don't know. Is he? There's a lot of CSIs. So there, there's a video of him that just recently made the rounds virally pressed and it's him. He's, he's at somebody's house and there's a... Uh, there's a, a board game, like Icons of the 90s. Yeah. And he goes, he's looking at it, and he's looking at the camera, and he goes, I got to check. Uh. And he pulls it down, and he goes, uh, and he goes, oh, my God. And he uh. points, and there's Dawson on the uh, box. That's Doesn't good. he have a 1,000 kids, too? Just like, oh, uh, a ton of kids, yeah. Oh, I have I have some uh, uh, Nick Cannon stuff coming okay. up here in a minute, if that's who you're referring to. Yeah. Uh, he's 46. Uh, Carol Bayer Sager, yeah. songwriter. She wrote Groovy Kind of Love, and Nobody Does It Better. Which uh, was Bond Carly movie. Simon? Carly Simon, yeah. The yeah. Spy Who Loved Me. She's 76. She today. was also married to um, uh, Burt Bacharach oh, for a while. okay. All right. Well, she turned 76. He passed. Not he that passed long recently, yeah. Uh, a couple other musical birthdays. Oh. Uh, Randy Meisner. Okay. Uh, uh, Casey, if you bring up... Uh, take I can't it to the limit. Oh, that one? I can't tell you. Or no, I'm sorry. Nope. I was thinking of Timothy B. Schmidt. Yes, take it to the limit. Because uh, they both... It says here, former singer and bassist of Poco and the Eagles... They both, Randy Meisner and Timothy B. Schmidt, played both of those roles yeah. in both of those bands. But Randy Meisner, Meisner was the earlier one. Uh, he's 77. He had um, great song. He had some uh, tough times in his... Uh, there, there was a story of him, and, and we probably reiterated it in his last birthday, where his wife was killed by a, a gun. They had a mishap in the house, and it shot... Through the gun case and killed her. That's what? right. If that's you remember, right. yeah, and yeah. that's the reason they found out that he wasn't at fault because somehow or another the the, the gun discharged inside the case. Yeah, there's no way you can pull the trigger from inside the case. Very bizarre. But he is um, he's celebrating his 77th birthday today. And then the last birthday is Gary Newman oh. of uh, Cars fame, and uh, he turns 65. Still a oh, great song. Gary. He yeah. turned 65 <laughs> years old today. Yeah, sorry about that. And uh, I remember he had a very distinctive look. He was one of those first uh, uh, androgynous, wavy, yeah. and he, he put on this uh, eyeliner. And apparently that was like a last second thing he did before making a television appearance. And, and it became his trademark. His, his whole thing. And that video was really cool, too. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he turns uh, 65 years old today. All right, we'll see if we can get an answer to the stupid question this morning. What five-letter fictional fictional company is responsible for Jurassic Park? All right, uh, 215-263-WMMR is the number. Uh, first caller in. We got a couple of Chris's, but it was Chris M. who was first. Hey, Chris, good morning. 
Hey, good morning, guys. Great day in the morning. Great, Great day, day in the sir. morning. All right, so do me a favor. Tell me what five-letter fictional company is responsible for Jurassic Park. That would be InGen, I-N-G-E-N. That's correct. Yes, InGen. Hang on a second. Chris got you a $50 Metro Diner dining card now serving new stack sandwiches. Bite into Metro Diner's latest crispy fried chicken or shrimp po' boys. Layered with fresh lettuce, tomato, and chipotle ranch served on a hoagie roll. And you can visit MetroDiner.com for all the information. So I have a lot of stories here for you. I don't know how many we're going to be able to get through, but we'll start with this one. Pete Davidson and Chase Sue Wonders crash a Mercedes-Benz into the side of the Beverly Hills home over the weekend. They startled a 16-year-old girl who was at home alone. Uh, Imagine that. You're 16, (laughs) you're home alone, a car crashes into your house. Uh, The father, the girl's father, told TMZ she was reading a book when the accident happened. So a studious 16-year-old. Thankfully, the teenager was not injured, but her father says that she is a bit traumatized. The sound was so loud that she thought that there was an earthquake happening. And the homeowner told the outlet that the car hit the house just outside the living room and that a window came out of its frame. He also told TMZ he's not planning to sue Davidson or anything like that. Yeah, so, and there was no uh, sign of any sort of uh, drugs involved or alcohol. It was just he was going a bit too fast and lost control. I guess so. I didn't, I didn't hear any more. Yeah, so I'm not really sure. Right now. By the way, Steve had said over, Marissa, did you get the audio of a uh, crash that took place? There was a podcast and uh, they're right outside of a storefront. And a car crashed through the, the storefront window. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw this. Crashed through the bollards and into the window. You yeah, can see yeah, it yeah. happen. So uh, Marissa just sent the audio over. So, uh, yeah, here we go. This is when this happened live. Hang on a second. You got so quiet in here. How did I? And then the car backed out. Yeah. It's an SUV. I think we're fine. I think we got all the audio on there. <laughs> yeah, we're chilling. Everyone's there. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they're so, sitting right by a picture window, and you see an SUV sort of out of control, and their backs are to it, yep. and it rams into the window wall behind them. And they couldn't have more than, what, three feet from the window, Preston? Yeah, and, and in fact, by the time it crashes through and pushes the yeah. window in, it's inches from hitting them. Right, right. I mean, like they, surpri- they, it could have been real bad. Yeah, Kath. I'm surprised that was just their response. Yeah, they were very <laughs> casual about like, it. Well, he just says, screaming. he goes, it's gotten very quiet in here. I know, but even after, yeah. like us, we'd be going, oh! They don't know how to play it up. They, yeah, they yeah. don't know how to. They don't know how to do uh, no. how to do radio or podcasting or whatever cute little thing <laughs> they they're suck. doing over there. All right, but anyhow, interesting. All right, so a source has claimed that Chris Rock doesn't give an s about harsh opinions <laughs> on his latest Netflix special, Chris Rock Selective Outrage. Uh, source said he said what he needed to say and doesn't give an s about the reaction. Either way, he isn't worried. Uh, the source said uh, people have been waiting for Rock's reaction for a year. For the most part, I think it was well-received. People don't expect sugarcoating from Chris Rock. Uh, meanwhile, Page Six reported that although Will has, Smith has publicly apologized, uh, he still has not personally apologized to Chris. Uh, but source said Will did, well, Will did call Chris last year after the Oscars, but Chris didn't pick up and they haven't spoken since. So the source continued saying Chris was open for a call until Will made his public apologies and then all those red table talk discussions. Uh, the source added uh, Will's two public apologies were all about saving his own reputation. Will has not apologized to Chris in person, and Chris isn't expecting it. So, and you've seen a whole bunch of pictures of them um, hanging out. They were, they, they were, you know, he, yeah. him with Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. 
uh, Smith, and they That's smiled. Yeah. And yeah, so there yeah. was a time when it was all hunky dory. With now, him. if Will did reach out to him, and I don't know if it's true or not, then you know, uh, then Chris should at some point accept hear what he has to say. Right. But it's his right. it's his right to not. You Absolutely. know, he doesn't want to. So. Uh, but whatever. In, in the big picture, I don't care. Uh, a source close to Will, by the way, uh, told another news outlet that Will has tried unsuccessfully to make amends the best way that he could with Chris. Uh, the source added, but beyond that, family is important to him, and Smith leaned on them. Uh, it all has helped him to look inside and mature, and he is better but still remorseful. Uh, Will listened to those who tried to help him, and he feels that he has become a better person. He's become a better person. He's a better person. So now. the Oscars are this Sunday <laughs> night, yes. and uh, that is obviously going to be f- foremost in people's thoughts oh, because man. it literally is, you know, a year plus yeah. anniversary of that event. Yeah. And so we'll see how they approach it. Now there apparently is a ready to go strike team in case someone stands oh, the is stage. That right? yeah, okay. the, the likelihood yeah. being almost non-existent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But they have it there. But they've learned that they, they need some kind of um, protocol yes. in place. What do you do? Should one of the acting community what if, decide yeah. to uh, strangle another one or something? What if Judy Dench storms the stage with a butcher knife? Yeah, you got to be you ready. You don't know. You got to be ready for these yeah. things. All right, uh, Drew Barrymore revealed to the Los Angeles Times in a recent interview that her therapist, Barry Michaels, was so concerned about her drinking following her divorce from Will Koppelman that he stopped seeing her. Uh, well, so, when your therapist blows you off. Yeah, the actress I'm, said... I'm busy. I'm, I'm playing pickleball. Uh, <laughs> That's not a good therapist. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, the actress said, uh, he just said, I can't do this anymore. And she said it was really about my drinking. I said, I get it. Well, why don't you drink? I've never respected you more. You see that I'm not getting better, and I hope one day that I can earn your trust back. Well, that well, it, it worked, I guess, right? I guess so, because, I mean, at some point, uh, I mean, if you've done all that you possibly can and that person is not giving any in return, I mean, maybe at some point you have to say, you need to talk to someone else because right. I'm not. Something that shocks you into taking action or look for a therapist that drinks. That yeah, too. Yeah. Somebody you can buddy yeah. around with yeah, and throw yeah, a few yeah. back. It's all your mother. <laughs> uh, what in this Barry, case it was. Yeah. Barry, yeah, one of Barry Moore's uh, close friends, Cameron Diaz, uh, told the outlet that it was difficult to watch Barry Moore go through this tough period. She said, but I knew that if we all stuck with her and give her the support she needed, then she would find her way. I have absolute faith in her. You can't even comprehend how hard it was to be her as a child. Oh, yeah. And then she shot out of the other end with the ability to save herself. Oh, yeah. Uh, the E.T. star <laughs> said uh, that she stopped drinking after filming the first episode of the Drew Barrymore show in 2019. How about that? And said, I think the opportunity at a show like this really hit me. She said, I was like, I can't handle this unless I'm really in a clear place. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. So it was her most recent marriage or most recent divorce. Compliment. Yeah, it yeah, was the last husband. Okay. Yeah, yeah so I, yeah, I thought she had been sober longer. Yeah, uh, me too. She had, had she'd slid back. So she, that that's that the 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 whole all the stress of that divorce apparently threw her into a downward spiral. She pulled out of it. She seems like a, you know you can't tell, but she seems like a legitimately sweet person, doesn't does. she? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, Paris Hilton opened up about her 2003 sex tape in an excerpt from her new book, which is titled Paris: The Memoir. And it was published by the Times of London. The Simple Life star claims that her ex, Rick Solomon, told her if she didn't do the sex tape that he could easily find someone who would. Uh, she said, I don't remember that much about the night that he wanted me to make a videotape while we made love. 
Uh, we He had often said it was something that he did with other women, but I felt weird and uncomfortable about it. And I always told him, I can't. It's too embarrassing. Uh, despite declining, she said Solomon continued to pressure her. He kept pushing. I kept making excuses. Uh, she said uh, he told me that if I wouldn't do it, he would easily find someone else who would. Yeah. Jeez. And she added that he eventually caved, leaning on substances to get through it. She said I had to drink myself silly. And she said quaaludes helped. But I did it. And I have to own that. And I knew that he wanted, and I uh, I knew what he wanted, and I went with it. So she owns up to it. Yeah. You know? Well, it, go ahead. He even though she was a douche in that oh, video. Yeah. He's a complete like, douche. We used yeah. to have the audio of him, of him going, check it out. Check he's, it out. He's the one who introduces, when they marketed the sex video, it's him going, hey. It was one night in Paris, right? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. He's a, such a tool bag. He's, and a, then, he's, a, he's a gambler and a rambler and a sweet talk. <laughs> no. He is a gambler, a professional, I guess. Oh, I didn't know that. And he was also briefly with Pamela Anderson for a while, right? Yeah. 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 And also, like, in the, in the Kim sex tape, like, Ray J, total tool bag. Yeah. You know, like, I, I'll tell you what, guys. <laughs> you're not a, the star of the show. Right. right. I don't care how big it is or whatever. You're not the star of the show. Shut up. And just, you know what I mean? Like, be humble about your sex tape. Oh, my God. Yeah, Ray J, he's chewing his gum. He's popping his gum. There's a little bit of decorum. Yeah. Yeah, But, I mean, it's, it's... D-bags like that that are that are able to convince people to yeah, yes do this too come on come on come on come on do this with everybody that's the type of uh, attitude that they take and they're they're it out. yeah uh, just three months after he was critically injured in a snowplow accident Jeremy Renner's Renovations is set to premiere on Disney Plus in the four part original series will debut. On April 12th, and they have released a trailer for it. It's stunning to see him tooling around now. Like he's, he was, I guess he was in LA. Uh, he was, he traveled. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Nick, can you do a quick check? I, I thought I saw him posting. He's very active on his own social media, and I think he was out and about. Oh, so yeah. this, this trailer was done before yeah. the accident. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. But we do have audio. Did somebody interviewed him, I guess, at the, the Walk of Fame or whatever, and this is what he had to say. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It doesn't sound too good. No. So in the series, Renner and his team of experts, uh, expert builders, use their skills to reimagine decommissioned vehicles and rebuild them into mind-blowing creations that serve communities around the world. He I said, love this. I've been on this journey for many years. I started in my community by building vehicles for people in need, but a few years ago, I thought, how can I plus this up and create a bigger impact on a whole community. And that's what this show does. This is one of my biggest passions and it's driving force in my recovery and I can't wait for the world to see it. I love um, crap like this. He, he'll do stuff like uh, taking a uh, tour bus and turning it into a mobile uh, music studio, a delivery truck into a mobile water treatment facility, a shuttle bus into a mobile recreation center, and a city bus into a mobile dance studio. There's a show that I've gotten addicted to, Preston, where they take RVs and they restore them or they, they build them from scratch, but they do all this stuff. And what they can do is astonishing. Along the way, he teams up with uh, Anthony Mackie, Vanessa Hudgens, uh, Anil Kapoor, uh, and singer and songwriter Sebastian Yatra, Yatra I think is how you said it, from Encanto, uh, who all share Renner's enthusiasm and uh, join him to deliver the finished product. Does he do anything with uh, Josh Groban, Preston? Not no. that I've seen, but I wouldn't doubt it you because... I can't believe that's still going. <laughs> I love that that's still going. I haven't seen anything uh, recent, Steve, on his Instagram. All right, it might it might have been something that predated. Yeah, the last post that he had, he had on his recovery was about six weeks ago, and it was one that we I think we've all seen where he's getting some exercise in the bed. All right. Uh, so yeah, I mean he's still he's got a long road. 
It's amazing, uh, though, that yeah. he, he survived that. I mean, how many tons was that friggin' thing that was parked on half of his chest? Yeah. And it's a long road. It's a long it's road, a yeah. Long road. Do me a favor and back this snowplow up my chest. <laughs> Please. And play me some Josh Groban. Right. What was the uh, REO Speedwagon thing we were hitting for a roll while? With yeah. Roll with the changes. Roll with the changes. Roll with the changes. Enjoyed that. All right, so tell me if you enjoy this. In what is being billed as, quote, the mother of all game shows, Nick Cannon is set to pick from a slate of contestants who want to have his next baby. Oh, this is terrible. In a game show hosted by Kevin Hart. Now, I, I, I have heard... It's fake. This is fake. Okay. Well, that they and that they're behind it. So the 42-year-old father of 12 took to Instagram on Tuesday to tease the trailer dubbed "Who's Having My Baby" with Nick Cannon. <laughs> oh no, God. you know what? In the day and age we're in right now, why wouldn't you believe it? It says that it's set to air uh, this spring on E. Yeah. Uh, in the video, Cannon takes his place in the hot seat with a wide smile while Hart tells him. You're going to get some contestants that want to have your baby. Now, it's unclear if the contestants were selected at random or if Cannon has or currently is dating these women. In any event, several women appear in the teaser clip in which Cannon also jokes about his selection process when he says, eeny, meeny, miny, miny. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a uh, funny gag. Uh, it is. Yeah, it is. So uh, the announcement comes just weeks after Cannon told E.T., quote, God decides when we're done having babies. Straight up, bro. After he was asked if he was uh, done having children, uh, he also said, I definitely got my hands full and I'm so focused, I'm locked in. But when I'm 85, you never know, I might have more. So he's at 12 kids now, right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to spending time with his children, uh, Cannon said it's not so much about time management, but rather about making sure that the energy is right. <laughs> he said everybody thinks that it's time management, it's energy management. Uh, once we're all aligned... Uh, the flow is a lot easier if there's any kind of low frequencies <laughs> or dissension in there. Huh? That's what messes up the scheduling. Okay. As long as we're all on the same page and we all got the same goal to be the best parents we could possibly be, that works. And the scheduling is the scheduling. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, Steve, listen, I my, my buddy was the youngest of 14. Yeah. I mean, his oldest sibling was essentially another parent. And his niece... Was the same age as him. My wife is the youngest of nine. Yeah. You know, so there's a whole, like, uh, support staff <laughs> ahead of her. All right, so we'll see if, uh, if yeah. this is a full-on gag or not. It's It's got to be, though. Um, Eddie Izzard. We've had Eddie Izzard here He's in our great. studio before. Do you say uh, Izzard or Izzard? I say Izzard. I say Izzard as uh, well. But I'm, I'm probably sure. saying it wrong. I but, believe he uh, changed his pronouns. Both. So, yeah, yeah, that's what this story is about. Yeah. But he's also being open if uh, you want to call him or her, whatever you like. And he's em- embracing a new name. Uh, one the British comedian said she's wanted since childhood. The comedian opened up about how she identifies her pronouns and her new name. Um, and said, there's another name that I'm going to add in as well, which is Susie, which I've wanted to be since I was 10 years old. Uh, Izzard came out as transgender in 1985, so it's been a long time. Uh, so Izzard said, I'm going to be Susie Eddie Izzard. That's how I'm going to roll so people can choose what they want. So All right. If you want to call Eddie Eddie or if you want to call Susie Susie, you can do that. The comedian said that she'll keep her public name as Izzard. Uh, which he decided to maintain for the recognition. Izzard uh, said she started thinking about other names. Is it Susie or Suzy? Susie. Okay. After proclaiming uh, that she uses she and her pronouns in 2020. Uh, and it's interesting. It, so uh, when the interviewer asked in the podcast whether people second-guess themselves when it comes to the comedian's pronouns, Izzard quipped, 
I make mistakes with my own pronouns. There you go. <laughs> so the Ocean's 12 actor said uh, she was thinking of changing her pronouns until she received an honorary degree at Swansea University in July 2019. She recalled the ceremony when a chancellor referred to Izzard with she and her pronouns and listed her accomplishments. And uh, Eddie or Susie said, I was just sitting there having uh, she and her pronouns in a speech about uh, about me hitting me. And I told the chancellor this after it hit some positivity on me, and I just felt amazing. And I said, thank you for that. And said, and so I wrote a statement. I prefer she, her. I don't mind he, him. No one can make a mistake, she added. So uh, that's pretty cool outlook there. Uh, also, we have uh, Ted Lasso news. Jason Sudeikis spoke a deadline about the fate of Ted Lasso, revealing that the third season will probably be the show's final one and said this is the end of the story that we wanted to tell, that we were hoping to tell, that we loved to tell. The fact that folks will want more and are curious beyond more than uh, what they don't even know yet, that being season three, it's flattering. And he said maybe by May 31st, once all 12 episodes, which I was happy to hear there's 12, Yay! of the season. That'll make it the longest season so far, right? Of 12 episodes, oh, yeah. yeah, of the seasons uh, have been released that they're like, man, you know what? We get it. We're fine. We don't need any more. We got it. But until that time comes, I appreciate the curiosity beyond what we've come up with so far. Yeah, they've done 10 uh, in the past. Well, this season is, there's a very obvious battle that will take place between mm-hmm. the uh is sort of in the uh the student has become the master now yep. yep and we'll see how it goes yep so i'm excited for that and i want to thank marissa magnata she did something very very cool for me uh she went uh remember i had mentioned the other day that there was that uh limited ice cream oh biscuits with the boss did you get it she bought me a pint where me too. she got you too yeah she gotta love that yeah marissa. Uh, and it was yummer <laughs> oh so saving it for the uh the oh, 15th i couldn't <laughs> Yummer. Uh-huh. So here's the deal. Yummer. Uh, I hit it. I hit it in our garage freezer, uh-huh. uh, and one of my children found it, and they were like, "Can I have some?" I was like, "You mother." Uh-huh. Yes, you can have a little bit. Like, did you hide yours, Nick? I didn't get one. Oh. <laughs> even though, even like though yours? I like uh, the I, show and I like ice cream, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hide mine either because oh. I didn't get one. You guys, well, hmm. poor okay. babies. Okay, that's I don't a shame. Care. That's why I didn't do it publicly. Uh, it was first off, it was twelve dollars a pint. Wow, oh, we understand. Um, and if you're going to spend money, spend it on the people you like. Yeah, Steve, that you love. I actually. bought the last three. Okay, because the, that still I went to the one store. Of us That's a good story. Yeah, well, I kept one for myself. Well, actually, uh, yeah. no, you have to be very selfish. Casey and I were the original Ted Lasso watchers. Mm-hmm. Here, so that's where I, I was think thinking. There you go. Yeah. I mean, do you guys have Ted Lasso signs? background because mm-hmm. I do. I guess that's all I carry around if you're <laughs> delusional. I carry around a Ted Lasso uh, sign in my backpack every day. <laughs> I do. I on your last is Ted Lasso today. Yeah. I like it just as much as I'm you I'm sorry, Nick. Your might, lifelong commitment like, to the show isn't enough. I might like ice cream more than you guys. No, I think me and Preston were the Shut first your mouth. two members of the show to watch it. So actually, that's not even true. It's oh. it's a thousand percent true. No, it's, it's actually not true. It's not true. I watched yeah, it before I'm, you guys. I'm not going to get into it with them. It's not true. Um, hey, Steve and Nick, do you guys want to have a Ted Lasso watching party? <laughs> yeah. We're going to be at Kathy's house. I'll bake the biscuits. I'll make the ice cream. Kathy's going to bake the biscuits. Oh, Oh, joy. Won't that just be scrumptious? You watch. It'll be the best biscuits ever for a yeah. Ted Lasso ice yeah, cream. Yeah, you guys don't know. That's actually the one thing I can make, so there. 
Yeah, you ask anybody in Kathy's neighborhood, they say, what can Kathy do the best? And they'll say, make biscuits. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, I'm over here starting a GoFundMe to uh, raise some more money <laughs> to buy more pints of ice cream. And then I heard that uh, they're going to deliver more to the stores before the season premiere next well, that's week. that's going to be obvious, so... right? I wonder if they're going to carry this in, uh, in uh, well... Depending on the popularity of the show, which is pretty popular, but do you think it's it's in supermarket popular or is it more boutique? Boutique, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so thank you to uh, well Jenny's if they're going to create some more Jenny, uh, Jenny, something in the ice cream, Jenny. I definitely want to. Uh, I'll get another pint if that is the case. So, uh, but yeah, but your thumbs up on the flavor. Oh yeah, okay, very much looking forward to it. <laughs> Yummer. He turned Swedish. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, so let's see, we got to wrap up here in just a second. So, uh, HBO released a teaser for the fourth and final season of Barry on Tuesday. Wow. That's still going. Bill Hader told Heidi that he and co-creator Alec Berg realized that a very clear ending presented itself while they wrote season four, causing them to go back and rewrite season three. And the final season of the show is set to premiere on April 16th. And I got to thank Marissa for getting me that special Barry ice cream. Uh, because I'm the only person on the show that watches Barry as well. No? What's the flavor of the Barry ice cream? Strawberry? Strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I figured it would be some kind of blueberry or strawberry or it's, yeah. blackberry. All right. Uh, why don't we move on to the clips now? <laughs> dating shows are getting a run for money with the new dating show Farmer Wants a Wife. In this clip, star, is it Sika, S-I-C-A, or Sisha? I don't know. Talks about what drew him to the show. Here we go. Get pretty hard up where I'm from, eh? Like playing 100 to 1 odds, trying to wheel a backpacker at the pub. That gets pretty old pretty quick. So you fellas wanting to bring 10 gorgeous Sheilas out to my place for a few weeks. I don't care how you chop it all together, mate. I'll I'll lean against a few hay bales for that. Uh, Farmer Wants a Wife premieres at 8 p.m. and that's on Fox. Wow. I don't want to kill him. Do you see Mike Jarek's post this one on Instagram? I saw it right now. <laughs> he said, we're going to be on with him in a little bit. And he posted one for, for the show, Steve. And he's dressed in full, like, uh, ridiculous cowboy gear. It's, right. it's pretty hilarious. So yeah. ask it's kind of like what a uh, what a 1950s uh, country singer would, would wear look like? with the frills and all that stuff. Yeah. So, so these farmers from around the world, or they? Uh, I always, I, for some reason, the in the teaser, I thought it, they were domestic farmers. I would assume they were, since that guy has uh, that Australian yeah. accent there. Oh no! Now it's much more exciting. Next clip. Here we go. History does, in fact, repeat itself in History of the World Part 2. Here, writer Nick Kroll talks uh, about his first meeting with Mel Brooks. Here we go. I've had a meeting with Mel at his office. He gave me a box of Raisinets, and it was, like, the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. (laughs) Yeah! That's fantastic. I am looking forward to this. Initially, when they announced it, I was like, oh, let's see how this is. But now you see the coming attractions, the people behind it. Really looking forward it's to it. It's available now, right? Is on it, Hulu? Is it yeah. now? Yeah, okay, it's up yeah. on Hulu. I, somebody messaged me and said they, they uh, well, I don't want to give anything away. But <laughs> did you guys know that Nick Kroll's dad is a billionaire? Yes. No, I, I did heard not he was know very that. wealthy. I didn't know he's a billionaire, but yeah. I heard he was fabulously wealthy. Yeah, it's like a billion. It was like a billion. Any idea where the money comes from? He uh, made the ice cream for the TV show Barry. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, I mean, listen, he went to Cornell, he went to Georgetown Law, he was part of uh, Robert F. Kennedy's uh, presidential campaign uh, team. Okay. And then he, like, went on to do other things, and I think he did maybe a hedge 
maybe a hedge fund something and sold okay. that company for like $2 billion. Didn't know he was a billionaire. He's a gardener. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> He's a <streamed> agent. <laughs> All right. Uh, we do have uh, a break to take. We're going to do that now. We've got some stuff coming up later on. We're going to go on uh, Fox Good Day this morning. We have a secret text for a chance for you to win Adam Sandler tickets. Coming to the Wells Fargo Center and that show will be on Friday, April 14th. So text word secret 39333. We'll be back in just a moment on this fine Wednesday morning to share with you. The Cardboard Classic 2023 now goes into the annals. I mean, the annals of history. A lot of heart went into all of these creations and we appreciate everything. Here we go! Here we go! go! Alright. Smoking, too. Oh my god! By the way, before we get into uh, the meat of this conversation, I do want to mention this, that we have the new and official Preston Steve Cardboard Classic video available. And in all the years that we've done this, I think this is the best one I've ever seen. And who put it together? Kyle Mack did. Kyle did an amazing job. And the uh, and I'll, I'll get the, the, the credit we need to give to everybody because um, the, the drone footage is phenomenal it in is this great. thing. Yep. Uh, so it's like a four and a half minute or four minute video, and you can check that out now at WMMR.com. And if you were there, maybe you'll see yourself or your creations. It's a great video for you to share. Or if you just want to get a taste of what it is like, if you've never been, or maybe you haven't been, you didn't go to montage and want to see that's uh, what that's all about, it's fantastic. It is awesome. So uh, thank you to all those involved. But you can now watch that at uh, WMMR.com. Um, I did see a few, a variety of stories that are uh, intrinsic to our area. Oh. So it's time to walk the streets of Philadelphia. It's time to get with the meat behind the beat with premium Ted Lasso ice cream dripping on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. All right, this was sent to me by a few different people. Uh, there's a, a study or, um, yeah, there's been a couple of studies that were done about this, but... Uh, The deaths of six former Phillies players from brain cancer since 2003. I saw this in the Inquirer, and I'm like, I never, I would not have put two and two together. And then you read through the list, and you're like, yeah. I've been hearing rumblings of this. I mean, I didn't, there was, it was just all like, you know, people just sort of positing that like, well, this is weird. There's six six players and coaches that all perished from the same exact brain cancer. Yeah, so this sparked some concerns over the uh, the playing surface and maybe radar guns at the team's former stadium. And now uh, one doctor is calling for an investigation. Dr. Uh, Mark Siegel said it's a cluster. It needs to be examined. Uh, and this was, uh, he said this on Wednesday. It's four days after former Phillies pitcher David West died from brain cancer. He was 57. So the other players that have died from brain cancer in the last 20 years included uh, Ken Brett in 2003, uh, Tug McGraw died yes. in 2004. You had catcher Johnny Oates in 2004. Uh, John Verkovich in 2007. V- Vukovic. And, or Vukovic, I'm yeah. sorry. And then uh, Darren Dalton uh, died in 2017. 
Uh, specifically, the players died from an aggressive, frequently diagnosed form of brain cancer and spinal cancer known as glioblastoma. Yeah. And we've heard of that before. Absolutely. Um, the Headstrong Foundation. Uh, is that what they... Uh, no, he's a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Then what was the uh, the brain cancer? You used to do a, um, a charity event case... Because you had someone in your family that was diagnosed with brain cancer. Not brain cancer, but a brain tumor. So my sister-in-law had a brain tumor, but it was non-cancerous. We thought it was a meningioma, but it was not. It was something else that has a million letters in it. Okay. The thing about the uh, the Phillies, and, and I've heard these rumors as well for a while, Casey, and, and sort of people are trying to draw lines, and I'm glad that this study is finally going to be commissioned because um, and the other thing that I heard is sort of the argument against it was, well, none of the Eagles suffered from this. And, yes. Uh, mm. But part of the reason why is that, uh, well, a few reasons. The Eagles only had eight regular season home games, whereas the Phillies would have 81 plus uh, spring, training, spring training and playoffs. And uh, the Phils played in the heat of the summer, and the Eagles were playing when it was colder, and therefore the, the sort of like the radiation of the turf wasn't nearly as effective. Well, they also pointed out the ground crews, nobody from that. There were, yeah. there were a lot of people, and if you if you look at the numbers, the um, it says here that um, uh, four point four people die from brain and other nervous system cancers out of right. every one hundred thousand Americas Americans, according to the data. Uh, there were roughly 175,000 Americans living with brain cancer and other nervous system uh, cancers in 2019, according to the NCI. So you take the amount of players in in total who played on that uh, that field um, mm-hmm. over the time, and would that match just a general population comparison? I think it's just a smidge more. Uh, you know, it's like a, a two or three times right, more. Right, right. But there are other doctors who are saying, uh, yes, it's weird, but then there are anomalies from time to time where it just... Chance this group of people, yeah. you know, it just it happened. Still, if there's, you, it's worth checking out. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, but there going was... back to baseball versus um, football, I mean, I, I know that they worry a lot about the concussions with the football players. What are they attributing it to? The, are um, they the, connecting the, it to anything? Well, there, there hasn't been enough study done. I mean, like some are saying the astroturf had a lot of chemicals in it. Uh, could be to blame, Casey. You were telling me that they they found a lot of these what they call forever chemicals in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's also uh, some people are posing a hypothesis that maybe the radar guns, but then again, those are used at all stadiums yeah, and yeah. you're not seeing clusters like that. So there were a few stadiums that were designed around the same time uh, and built around the same time as the vet. Um, Cincinnati had one, uh, Three Rivers in Pittsburgh. I wonder if any of the players in any of those organizations suffered similar fates. Yeah, so it's, it's, as they're saying, and as the article says, it's, it's worth checking out these and, and following through on these questions, Nick, and seeing how things um, uh, are in relationship to other stadiums that might have had similar issues. And again, it's it's not like it's not staggering, but it's enough to make you go, well, maybe we should look at it. So the uh, providing a direct cancer link can be difficult, according to Timothy R. Rebeck, a cancer epidemiologist at Harvard and the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, who reviewed some of the Phillies cases in 2017. He said there's almost never an explanation for them said it's either just random chance, bad luck, or there's something there, but we just don't have the science to pick it out yet. Uh, other players who have died from uh, glioblastoma but did not play for the Phils include uh, Gary Carter, um, Bobby Mercer, uh, Dan Quisenberry, and uh, infield and manager, I'm sorry, former infielder and manager Dick Hauser. And they all died, um, you know, either in their 40s or 50s. Gary so, Carter uh, died? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was 57 years oh, old, yeah. 
Oh, way too young. Yeah. yeah. I um, just had a relative this week uh, diagnosed with brain cancer, and it's terrifying. You mean those two words, and, and it's stage four, and it's not looking good, and the only upside to it, or an upside to it, is that the advances that have been made in medical science over the last 15 to 20 years yes. are astounding. Yes. And so she's getting excellent care um, at Duke um, in North Carolina. She's not only one of the best in the country, it's the, one of the best in the world. Um, so it's just, when you hear the words brain cancer, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is uh, this has been bandied about before, but now they're maybe, uh, they're going to take a closer look at it, well, I would hope. Whatever spurred it on, I was seeing it in all, all over the place, even like the Daily Mail. So you know, it's like it's it's something that is getting a lot of traction. So again, there's nothing to be lost by investing the time to yeah. check up on it. Yeah, we're looking at a picture of uh, the vet when it was set up for for the fills. It must have been playing like concrete on oh, that. Oh God! And baseball's not as bad, but like football was really really bad. But what I do remember about that stadium press is whenever I walked in there, I was always mesmerized with how green and vibrant everything was in there because when you're watching it on TV, especially in the 80s, like right. your, your, your TV set was not up to snuff. Not up to snuff, but like you would walk in there and it was like, oh my God, this is real life. That's <laughs> amazing. I, it was just uh, such oh, a yeah. such an awful baseball park. I mean, I, you know, people <laughs> like to be nostalgic about uh, things that are gone, and and I don't miss the vet uh, one iota. You, you'd go there in the summertime, and it would be like 147 degrees on the turf, and I'm not exaggerating. Like that's how hot <laughs> it would get for, this- the, for the players on the turf. And sitting in that stadium, there was no wind. It, it was just uh, this concrete bowl of heat. You remember Casey. the song used to be "Let Me Stay Home and Watch." Yeah. <laughs> Casey mentioned the 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 colors are the uh, Billy Crystal, who is just a, a massive Yankees fan. Yeah. Uh, remembers when he first went to Yankee Stadium because at that time, television was all black and white. Mm-hmm. And so they walk into the place and he was like, oh my God. Uh-huh. He just couldn't believe the colors yeah. that he was seeing. I've ever seen. He tells that story in City Slickers. Yeah, that his dad yeah you're right. Out. Yeah, And, and yeah. it was the first time he'd seen it in color. Yep. Um, well, speaking of ballparks, I do have another story from the City Beat that does involve uh, the Phils, and it's a positive story. Less than a month remains before they start the 2023 season, and Citizens Bank Park's brand new and much, much larger scoreboard, oh, yeah. uh, towering above left field, will be debuted, and they're almost done with it. Wow. I mean... It's new already, isn't it? Well... They already replaced it one time. Reading about this, though, Casey... It's the size of Delaware. <laughs> this new one... So you knew how big that oh, screen yeah, already yeah, was. Yeah. This one is 77% larger. 77% than the other one. larger. That's huge. When we were at Camp Out, there were cranes yeah. taking the old one out and getting ready to put this new one in. That was wild to watch that. It was. Yeah. Um, so this is the first upgrade, Casey, since 2011. Have you seen the remote for that thing? Oh, my <laughs> the size of an RV. <laughs> You'd think they'd be able to scale that down. Yeah, yeah. you would no. think so. But they do everything to scale. <laughs> uh, the park opened in 20... 20- and there's this gigantic nine-story recliner. <laughs> the park opened in 2004, and then they, they upgraded it in 2011. <laughs> okay. Um, and it has been in the National League... It has been uh, this... Let me see. The old one had been the National League's largest at the time of its installation. The new scoreboard will be among the biggest in baseball. They're great. The only problem I have with those giant scoreboards is sometimes when you're there live, you end up watching the action on, not in baseball as much, but like basketball and football. I I, I have to like... It does I, help, though, right? It does, but, like, why am I even in, I in yeah. the stadium I if I'm just going to yeah. watch it on the TV? You, know? you have to remind yourself uh-huh. to look 
the actual action. You know what, Kathy, that ends up happening at concerts as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. unless your yes. seats are super duper wonderful, yeah. you usually end up watching it on television. You know what's cool, though, Steve, is in football, like when you see a player who is, you know, running towards the end zone and right. they don't know who's behind them, you see them look up to see. To see. Oh, no way. Yeah. It happens a lot. I'll bet. That makes total sense. Um, so in January, the Phils shared a video showing the installation of some of the steel support structures was underway on the project. Uh, the new scoreboard will weigh 116,298 pounds. Okay. It'll be supported by 190 tons of structural steel. That better be super, yeah, super reinforced. It measures 152 feet wide by 86 feet tall, up from 97 feet wide by 76 feet tall originally. So it's going to be much, much wider. Uh, so you're saying that people at the airport will be able to see the score. Yeah, to put that into perspective, the team said that the scoreboard could display 516 life-sized Philly fanatics simultaneously if they wanted <laughs> let to. Me, let me ask you, Casey, to your point. Yeah. So if, if players do look up, what if you developed a software, and you know that they're doing this, uh. that could eliminate... The, they wouldn't see people right on their ass, you know. Right. So in other right. words, for your home team, and then therefore, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I do. It's, That's cheating. It's, but it's <laughs> not really. Yeah. yeah, not really. Especially if it's your TV. Uh, by the way, with a 16 to 9 aspect ratio and nearly 11.6 million pixels, uh, fans will see richer colors and sharper clarity on the new 4K scoreboard thanks to its 10 millimeter pixel spacing. Uh, the team had said uh, the scoreboard display will also have better viewing angles and look better from a short distance. You know, sometimes use... you get too close to those, it breaks up. So to, to calibrate, so, you know, there, there are people who calibrate regular residential TVs. Mm -hmm. To calibrate a screen that size is such an elaborate process mm -hmm. because obviously, you know, you're you're not... You're not sitting, in, you know, four feet in front of it. You know, it's meant to go out for the whole stadium. It's yep. it's just a an arduous task. Yep, yep. Uh, so we will be at a smaller venue on St. Patrick's Day. We are headed uh, to Clearwater for uh, the Phil's uh, spring training. Smaller stadium. They don't have a scoreboard. They just have phone on a stick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it gets the job done yeah, for there. So Steve, uh, you're the one who knows about yeah all this tech stuff. And I just found it. You know OLED? Yes. I had no idea that that was like a powder. Yeah. Like, that's a powder that, like, just reacts to whatever electrical current. Is. So you, you got OLED delivers you the, the, the deepest blacks, like the little yeah. not nodes or whatever, you you know, they're, they're um, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty amazing. And it uses a powder? It, yeah, so your screen is essentially, the, the OLED is, is a powder. And and uh, dude, I don't. And that's the rest is above my pay grade. Right, right. It, it's used in it to, to create that. And I don't know how they since the time I, I got my OLEDs till now. They I know they've advanced the OLED technology, so maybe there's an element that I'm unaware unaware of. But uh, the, the OLEDs traditionally deliver the deepest blacks. Um, like you, the set, if the set goes to something black, like Preston in Stranger Things, where. Yeah. You would think the set was off. Okay, you know that's how um, that's how sharp that's that you get that contrast. That's pretty amazing. Well, I don't know if they're going to have OLED quality on this scoreboard, but they might. Um, it's 4K, so that's all that I know. That's uh, that's more than 3K. That is a that's yeah, a yeah, notch yeah. up from 3K. One more. Uh, there is something out of the Lehigh Valley that I saw. It's a little outside of the Philly city beat, but well, if you take a nice brisk walk, this might affect you. A ransomware gang 
has posted photos of Lehigh Valley Health Network cancer patients on the dark web after the Health Network refused to pay a ransom last month following a cyber ta- cyber attack. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ALPHV, which is um, something Lehigh Valley Hospital, or I don't know what it stands for. Anyhow, um, also, oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, ALPHV is the, the one that's uh, holding stuff for Oh, ransom. so they're not a hospital no. at all. Uh, LVHN is Lehigh Valley okay, Hospital. Okay, that's A-OK. All right, so uh, <laughs> ALPHVN is not A-OK. Okay. They're all known as Black Cat. Uh, they're associated with Russia, known for similar cyber attacks in academia and healthcare sectors. Uh, the group posted a message Saturday night saying that it has stolen patients' data including nude photos, passports, and questionnaires, and was ready to publish it. So I assume when they're talking about nude, well, are they stealing from the hospital or are they yep. stealing from private accounts? No, nope. hospital, they, it was my understanding, you're dealing with patient photos, right? Of someone, that's that's yeah, what they yeah, have, yeah. yeah. So, But they also have personal information. Which is, can like be that. an issue, yeah. So the stolen information includes three screenshots, which are clinically appropriate photographs of cancer patients receiving radiation oncology treatments. Imagine the level of scum. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. The level of scum you have to be. These are people going through one of the most desperate times in their lives. Yes. And you're trying to exploit this. You're exploiting yeah. people because yeah. the... Because the hospital right, right. isn't meeting your demands. These right. these poor people have nothing to do with anything. Right, exactly. And but they're they're using them as pawns, as, as obviously. leverage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yes, they are. Uh, the The photos uh, were taken at the Delta Medics, uh, as well as they have seven documents containing patients' information. So they've released like a little bit of stuff saying we have a lot. Here's a little bit, and we're serious about this if you don't pay us. So, Casey, you had information of yours end up on the dark web, did you not? Yeah, I did. All I right. Did. Well, yeah, my social security number is Okay. There. So I'll just I'll just tell everybody what my number is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When was that? So the... That was, a, that was a while ago. You don't remember that, Kathy? Uh, Kathy? Uh, Casey had brought it up on air, and it, it, you, you had to go through an elaborate... I was telling David Faustino when we yeah, had him in the yeah, studio. Yeah. <laughs> no, you mentioned it yesterday. It was Tim Jerry's birthday. So ALPHV, this group that's holding them hostage, uh, posted a message that said, Our blog is followed by a lot of world media. The case will be widely publicized and will cause significant damage to your business. Your time is running out. We are ready to unleash our full power on you. Uh, so the hospital released a statement last month on the ransomware attack saying that uh, it involved information and patients' images, radiation oncology, treatment from a single physician practice in Lackawanna County. Um, they had found unauthorized activity on its IT system on February 6th and notified law enforcement. Black Cat has demanded a ransom as high as $1.5 million in the past. Uh, the hospital is still investigating. Said that it's in the process of identifying information involved in the incident. I wonder. I mean, what happens is is that they you pay when it's paid. You encourage them to do more, and this is this is people's private data. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're between a rock and a hard place. But is, is there a point at which you can make take a stand and say no? Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. My uh, my kids' high school had this happen right. to them a yes. couple of years ago. Uh, my and were they na- locked out and everything? Yeah, it was. Uh, I forgot how they resolved that whole thing, but it was for a while. It was really dicey. Uh, my neighbor is a, is in in the IT world. He's had it happen to him before. Yeah, where they literally lock you out. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll say if you don't pay this, we're going to do this. We're going to release your information, or we're going to destroy your information, right. or something along those lines. If you're a major business and you can get, you can't gain access to your own data, and sometimes they won't they won't shoot for the moon as far as the money goes. They'll make it kind of affordable. 
because then there's a more likelihood that the people might mm-hmm. just go, you know what, we'll just pay we'll it. We'll just pay it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so it's messed up. We had to pay to unlock Kathy's fall activities. Yes. Oh, remember that? Well, we're yeah. Russian yeah. hackers. We are going to defend that staunchly. We don't need global Forever. terrorists going to Floral and Hardy when we should be going there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I have hey, another... by the way, I've, I'm working on some new stuff for fall activities. I know it's so early, but I'm Ooh. so excited. Are you so excited? Like a, yeah. a little different, a little twist to it. Oh, okay. there's oh. a full, there's a sex component. Oh, no, there's not, Steve. Oh, there's no. not? I'm sorry. Oh. Who are you no. talking to? It's a swinger's approach to full activity. All right, listen, there's another scam in the city beat, and I want uh, I want to get this in before we have to take a break for uh, Fox Good Day. But uh, Steve sent this over to me, a local YouTube star who built a sizable following with slickly produced videos that were showing off his uh, luxury and sports cars and diamond-encrusted stuff in his big Swedesboro home is going to have to give up nearly all of it after he was sentenced Tuesday to five and a half years in prison for the illegal business that allowed him to amass those uh, trappings of success. A guy named Bill Omar uh, Carasquillo, I think is how you, or Carasquillo, I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name, uh, better known by his more than 800,000 online followers as Omi in a Hellcat. That was the name of his his so, page. That used to be your radio name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Kenny Knight in a Hellcat. So he had a cable TV piracy scheme, uh, and it is one of the most successful ones ever prosecuted by the U.S. government. He was ordered to forfeit more than 30 million dollars in assets, Whoa. including nearly six million dollars in cash. Uh, cars including Lamborghinis, Porsches, Bentleys, and McLarens, and a portfolio of more than a dozen properties that he had massed across Philadelphia and the suburbs. So this guy was essentially, he was selling cable TV for a discount for 15 yeah, bucks. Right. So is he, what he was doing. He was a, a repeater, a pirater who would then pass the savings on to you. Yep. Wait, so, okay, but what was his, uh, why was he famous on YouTube? For this stuff? I, that's it. No, I think it was just showing off his, uh, yeah, his wealth. Yeah. Okay. And people latched on to that. So that uh, came after he started making okay. all this money from this. So he apologized to his family, his employees, and the cable companies that he cheated through the business, uh, which illegally sold content hijacked from cable boxes to thousands of online subscribers paying fees as low as $15 a month. Now, Preston, he provides my phone service, and I'm getting a great deal. Well, I'm sure yeah. you're getting a great deal. He said, I don't know the significance of this crime until I was picked up by the FBI at my home. He said, I, felt, I feel like I let everybody down. Um, he was from uh, North Philly, and he did have a he had a tough upbringing. So he was raised as one of listen to this one of thirty eight children. God, his mother was deported and died of an overdose when he was still a child. His father dealt drugs, trained him to at age twelve to cook crack cocaine. Uh, he lived between relatives' homes and foster care, including a stint with one caretaker who intentionally had him committed to a mental health facility for access to prescription narcotics he could sell later on the streets. Oh my God. He spent much of his teenage years and early 20s in and out of prison for drug and other offenses. Yeah, it's certainly a tough life. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, But his attorney uh, told the judge once he swore off that life uh, that he, without high school diploma or a little financial support, was able to build a multi-million dollar business based on what at the time was considered cutting-edge technology in the entertainment field. It was illegal. Uh, The company launched in 2016 and known at various points by names like Gears TV and Gears Reloaded uh, was a leader among the so-called illicit IPTV service, a $1 billion a year industry in the United States. It provides uh, it provided its subscribers hundreds of on-demand movies uh, and television shows, as well as access to dozens of live cable channels and pay-per-view events at cut-rate pricing, all stolen 
from services like Comcast, Verizon, Fios, and DirecTV. And those guys don't have any lawyers. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he had uh, he had more than 100,000 subscribers and more than $35 million in revenue. So they busted him, dude. I wonder if he had made, a, like, a left turn at some point. Yeah. If he could have just gone legitimate. And parlayed that and parlay, in, 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 into I mean, a real thing. Because he built this YouTube channel that was successful. Yeah. Uh, did he have to continue the illegal His shit? original plan yeah. was to uh, create an, a huge disc that would block out the sun and sell sunlight oh to people. God. Oh, but what an while the guy definitely deserves to go to jail, it, you know, people led him astray all the way yeah, down yeah. the line, showed him that uh, crime is how you get ahead. But, you know, he's, he's going to have to face that. All right. That's it for the city beat, friends. We got to wrap it up right now and move on because we do have to go on Fox Good Day this morning. Uh, so stay with us. We'll do that. And we'll also tell you, you can win some Adam Sandler tickets. Well, I'll tell you now. It's a secret text for <laughs> text word secret 39333. We'll be back in a moment. See what you've been hearing with WMMR.com's Video On Demand. Watch highlights from Preston and Steve shenanigans, station events, and take a peek behind the scenes at the station. You'll marvel at how anything gets done around here. WMMR.com. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Everyone loves a smart investment, and there is no better place to put your money right now than in your home. And Window Nation has the perfect offer for anyone with a home at least 20 years old. Protect and increase the value of your home and energy efficiency by installing new windows from Window Nation. Window Nation is making it insanely easy to do so with 0% interest for five years. Plus, Window Nation will give you two windows free with every two you purchase. 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com and tell them Preston and Steve sent you. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We're going to go live on uh, Fox Good Day in about, I don't know, 20 seconds or so. As soon as we hear some music, that is when it's going to be happening. So we'll hold off on uh, traffic and get to that uh, post-conversation uh, with those guys. Uh, and then, obviously, okay. we have the beef file coming up. Steve, yes. we are talking about worst roommate stories. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and people are sending them in on Twitter. Do you have any? Me, personally, I never really had a roommate. Uh, I, for, like, wow. a short amount of time, I had a roommate for about a month. And uh, it was because it was a particular situation of my life at that moment. It was but, solitary confinement mostly well, for you. Yeah, yeah. most for the that most part. But uh, I, I think... So I think I, I the guy had a problem with me. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, because he, he I used to have long hair. And uh, one day, he just absolutely flipped out... <laughs> On the hair and the shower drain on me. Oh, wow. Like, got really angry about it. I'm like, dude, I didn't even... Yeah, sorry. Sure. I didn't even know. By the way, he had, he had like, male pattern baldness. And I felt like saying, dude, you're the one with the hair falling out. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> wow. Uh, but, I listen, and we've talked about we'll it on the air before, and there are some whoppers as far as stories go with people having issues with roommates. Well, I never had a, a roommate. Uh, well, I did have roommates but who were family, my brother's. 
uh, my brother, but uh, I did have a housemate who was charged with paying the bills for the house we were staying in. So when right. I would give the money over and I'd give it to this person and this person failed to do it. So uh, one night I went upstairs to his bedroom because was, he was eluding me and I literally picked up the edge of his bed in the dark and slammed it down on the floor in the dark. And uh, I realized he was in bed with someone else at the oh, time. <laughs> oh. If this bed's a rockin', yeah. don't come up. So that was a nightmare. Uh, Kathy, what about you? Oh, can they hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can hear you. Kathy's home. actually here. She's from home today because of uh, oh. she's said stay home with yeah. the sun. But I'll, I'll hold up uh, okay. the phone here so you can see her. <laughs> Um, you know what? I, I, well, I was gonna. I brought this up uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I was the roommate um, in college. I lived with nine girls, and we had chore chart, so we didn't have any nightmare stories because I made them all do chores. <laughs> <laughs> a chore yeah. chart. Did you give them gold stars when they did their chores for the day? No, Alex. I gave them a natty light. I bet you, Alex. I bet you, if you had been in this house with Kathy, you would have keyed her car. <laughs> I have one from a viewer, Amy. She said, I had a horrible roommate once. Didn't clean, left messes, was always miserable. We're divorced now. Thank God. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. When I was in college, we, four of us, uh, moved into an apartment. It had two bedrooms. Uh-huh. We decided to put all four beds in the same room. Oh, what? Like what? Door, you know? Why? What? It was weird. So there were yeah. two beds on uh, each wall, and in the middle was a bunk bed. So. <laughs> And so, this sounds like a cult. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. We all wore uh, purple uh, robes and, <laughs> and Nikes. Nike shoes. Yeah. <laughs> no, and one night Kent was, uh, he was making love, I guess it was, <laughs> in the upper bunk. And all three of us woke up and we were looking at each other like, oh my God. You what are watch? these noises? <laughs> when is he going to tag us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, That's a depraved life you led. Yeah, the, the roomie stories usually come. We've had loads of people, especially if you talk about college roommates and dorms and, and having sex in front of other people. And it's it can yeah. get, you know, I mean. Fun. Uh, yeah, it can get fun. <laughs> It can be fun. <laughs> thank you. All right, thank you, you guys. Yes. All right, we'll see you later. All right, so uh, that was interesting. I had to hold, actually hold up the phone who those who weren't uh, That's right, yeah. watching because uh, Kathy is on uh, FaceTime right now while she is at home. By the uh, way, good news that, that seems that lag has been corrected fully now, right? A little bit better. A yeah. little bit better. Let's take a look at traffic, see what's happening this morning. Kathy, what do you have for us? It's a pretty busy morning. Uh, the accident on 422, that's been cleared, so good news there. You're still jammed 29 to Trooper, but the accident gone in Upper Frederick. Route 73 closed at Perky Omenville because of an accident in New Hope, Upper York Road. Closed between Comfort and River Road because of a downed tree. Schuylkill eastbound <clears throat> slowing from 202 into Belmont the Boulevard to the Vine and then westbound you're stopped from Passyunk to the Vine Expressway. That uh, it was because of an earlier accident that was on the Vine. Uh, also westbound slowing from the Boulevard out to the Blue Route. 95 southbound heavy cotman through to Bridge on the Vine. Westbound you're slow the length uh, the Blue Route. We've got volume building northbound 95 to the Media Bypass southbound uh, from Broomall to Baltimore Pike. 55 northbound heavy Deptford to 42. An accident on 42 south at uh, between the Walt Whitman Bridge and Route 130. It is off 
off to the right shoulder, 295 northbound, slowing 541 to Columbus Boulevard, uh, Columbus Road, and that is because of an accident that's blocking the right lane. If you're crossing the Ben Franklin Bridge westbound, you are jammed from the toll plaza to 5th Street. This traffic report brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Power up on poultry at Whole Foods Market. Organic, air-chilled, boneless, skinless chicken breast is just $7.99 per pound with Prime through March 14th. While supplies last, shop in-store or online. Terms apply. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Brought to you this morning by J-Dog Junk Removal and J-Dog Carpet Cleaning. Got junk, want it gone, got floors, want them clean. Well, you call J-Dog Junk Removal and J-Dog Carpet Cleaning. Veteran-owned and operated. Started right here in southeastern Pennsylvania. Call 844-GET-J-DOG or visit jdog.com. A man accused of firing a replica gun in a San Francisco synagogue considered the shooting an act of prayer for his neighbor's bird. What? According to new police testimony. It's a, it's a very old Jewish tradition oh. to discharge a firearm when you lose a bird. I didn't know that. Dimitri Mission, who faces two felony hate crime charges and six misdemeanors, made the strange statement to officers interrogating him after his arrest a couple of days later. He has pleaded not guilty. Uh, the revelation came up Monday in San Francisco's Superior Court hearing to determine whether there's enough evidence to proceed with Bryce his prosecution. Sparrow had a heart attack. Uh, the hearing adjourned without a decision. So he admitted, according to Sergeant Michael Zhang, he admitted to being at the synagogue. He told me that he was there, shot the gun, and he did it because it's a form of prayer, and he was there to pray for his friend's bird. So not even his bird. No. That's a good friend. The sergeant. By the way, I want you to know I went over to the synagogue and discharged the gun, as the, per tradition. The sergeant's testimony was one of several highlights in the first day of a preliminary hearing that brought cops, a rabbi, and uh, Mission's mother to the witness stand. That's like a, a joke. It does, doesn't that. it? Mm-hmm. I bought my book. Uh, a... <laughs> <laughs> your, your bird, yeah, sir? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I bought my book. That's the rabbi. Uh, according to Zhang, Mission made contradictory and at times nonsensical claims during their interrogation. You mean after the initial nonsensical claim? Well, I'll give you an example. Among the statements uh, police say Mission made during the interrogation, he's related to Jewish people and harbors no anger against Jews. He can he converses with world dictators in North Korea and Japan as oh, well wow. as members of uh, the Sereños gangs. He lives on a submarine. Oh, wow. And uh, the weapons found at his home were actually movie props. What's his take on eating hot dogs at Great Depths? <laughs> I don't know. On uh, the evening of February 1st, he had allegedly walked into uh, Shearson's Center, uh, a synagogue, and fired several blanks from a replica pistol, and then he waved goodbye and left the building. Goodbye! Uh, no one was injured, but the shooting, of course, rattled worshippers, who course. waited until the next morning to tell police what happened. In the days after the shooting... Uh, a report. It was reported that several social media pages that seem to belong to Mission contain anti-Semitic propaganda ah. and photos that appeared to show him in a World War II era German uniform. Police records show that uh, Mission has a long history of documented violence in his past, and he may have some mental health issues. An Illinois wife found the mummified corpse of her husband buried in a closet at their home eight months after she reported him missing. She found this, so she is not the culprit, they believe? No, she definitely didn't do anything. Richard Medge was first reported missing uh, April 27th, and police searched the home that he shared with his wife, Jennifer, at least twice to try to find him. Both times, cops reported smelling a sewer-like smell inside the house, but they, they... they described the house as a hoarder home. Ugh. 
And it wasn't until December 11th, eight months after Richard's disappearance, Jennifer stumbled upon his body while looking for Christmas decorations. Why would you keep a dead body with your Christmas decorations? Hanging in a rarely visited concealed storage area inside a closet in the bedroom. A coroner's release uh, said that uh, Richard had died by suicide and that his body had passed the stage of decomposition and become mummified by the time he was discovered. Mummified bodies don't give off odors, which may have helped Richard go undiscovered for so long. Uh, Jennifer had told police that Richard vanished on April 27th after he called her to say he was leaving work early. When she got home, she found his car parked out front and his keys and wallet in the house, but he was nowhere to be seen. And uh, they reported, by the way, police began searching, and they reported a foul smell inside, but they decided he wasn't there. Sometime later, Jennifer called police to report that the odor remained, and police returned to search the home a second time, but turned up nothing. And this was a hoarder house at the time. Yeah, yeah, and and it was in a compartment inside a closet where he was. So he killed himself in there? Yeah. Huh. Uh, the plumber kept uh, a plumber, by the way. So she had contacted a plumber about the smell who visited the house and said it smelled like sewer gas. Mm. So he capped one of the sewer pipes at the house and she reported the odor subsided. Uh, she finally discovered Richard on December 11th uh, after she found his body while looking for a bag of Christmas decorations. That is messed up, man. Incredibly wow. effed up. Wow. All right. How about a tale of survival? A pair of teenage hikers managed to survive a massive snowstorm in Southern California by huddling together for warmth. Riley Ramirez and Cole White, both 17 years old, were dropped off near the Pacific Crest Trail for a hiking trip. Uh, They're both seasoned hikers. They went into their 10-day hike prepared with food, a tent, and snowshoes. The boys' parents last managed to contact them on February 28th, five days before they were rescued. Uh, Ramirez's father, Cesar Ramirez was also tracking the boys through a phone app. He called the sheriff's department when he lost track of them. Uh, the police managed to find the boys on March 3rd by, by going to their last known location. Rescue team found them slightly hypothermic and huddled together for warmth. Wow, they were able to communicate through grinder, Preston. Uh, they had spent three nights stranded on the mountain. Their tent was damaged, and Ramirez had lost his jacket. How do you lose your jacket? I don't know. Uh, the two were flown by helicopter to the sheriff's station. They were given food, water, and medical attention. Sometimes you're trying on different jackets. I guess so. You know, you sometimes you natural jackets that you find in the woods. Uh, during the five days they were hiking, they encountered four to five feet of snow drifts, limiting wow. visibility and making it difficult to stay on the trail. Uh, they expressed how severe the weather conditions were and believed that they would not have survived without assistance from the sheriff's department. You know, people do the PCT uh, all the time every year, Pacific Crest Trail, and they they start in Mexico and end in, in Canada. Um, but they have to wait until the snow stops in order to do a lot of the hikes through the Sierras. I can't believe these guys were doing this now, yeah. especially considering the winter the that worst California's w- had. Legendarily yeah. horrible winter. If you've ever hiked through snow, and I would do it all the time, it's a goddamn nightmare. I've done it in the summer, and yeah. it's really difficult. Yeah. You know, like, I can't imagine why these guys were out there right now. Last story is a quick one. Four Ferraris were stolen recently from a dealer service center on New, New York's Long Island, and they were four Ferraris stolen by three thieves. How'd they do and that? And we don't know how that happened. <laughs> right. The police in Nassau County can't tell you how three people drove off with four cars. Did they bring a trailer, a tow truck, a car carrier, well, details are sketchy. As of Saturday, one week after the accomplishment, the cops reported no arrest and did not indicate if they'd recovered any of the Italian sports models, except to say the gang took a total of four cars, a 2014 convertible, a 2016 coupe, and a pair of white Ferraris from 2018 and 2023, respectively. I know how you do it. 
Yep. So you drive up, you get out, run back, start up the other car, drive ahead, <laughs> yeah. run, run, uh-huh. back, run back, drive, and then, you know, it takes a while. But you can get it done. You can get it done. Uh, police run. That's, it's not high-speed pursuit. They were unwilling to give more specific details about the models involved. Authorities did say the incident occurred at the uh, Ferrari of Long Island Service Center in Plainville just before 4 a.m. last Saturday. Uh, once inside, the trio allegedly stole assorted merchandise and numerous vehicle key fobs before fleeing the parking lot. So they managed to do it. And that is the last story in the Bizarre File for you this morning. So we have a movie screening coming up. It is on Tuesday, and it's the latest John Wick Story. So exciting. Chapter 4. This is going to be Tuesday, March 14th, 7 p.m. at the UA King of Prussia. And we will take callers uh, 20 and 21. And we will give you tickets to see this. The movie doesn't open until the 24th. It'll be in theaters and IMAX then. Uh, so 20 and 21. 215263. WMMR is the number. I'm scared. Sorry about that. Call right now. We're... Don't be a scared. I'm scared. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. It's MMR's Local Shots, Artists of the Month. Hailing from Fishtown, it's Velvet Rouge. On the air every Wednesday at 6.30 with your host, Brent Porsche. Search local shots right now at WMMR.com for even more exceptional local music. Brought to you by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. And the station that's always supported Philly's music scene. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Real quick, before we go any further, I did a couple of shout-outs I want to do. One is for a, a friend and, and a former uh, family member here at WMMR. She was an intern of ours. We call her Intern Rush, Donnie Benov. Oh, great. Um, and she sent in, she, she'd like a, a shout-out for herself, and I understand why. And she, she wrote me a, a very lengthy message. I'll, I'll read you just a couple of things from it. But uh, she said, I, thir- I turned 30 yesterday. Uh, and why this is important is because March 12th will be five years since my breast cancer diagnosis in 2018. And that's a huge marker to pass for a survivor because uh, ch- chances of reoccurrence significantly reduce. After True. That. Yeah. Five year uh, mark. So that is fantastic. We're very happy to hear about that, Donnie. And she also she had, a, she had a rough year. She, she, she went through a bunch of other things. She sent me uh, she called it the <laughs> the Donnie crappy timeline. <clears throat> for the uh, actually the past few years too, so. you know what though, she, with all that she goes through, she champions um, other women going through uh, breast cancer. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, uh, you know, she might beat herself up now and then, but I, I, I know very few people who are as uh, strong and as resolute as she has been. She's been amazing. Yep. So, uh, shout out for her if you don't yeah, mind, uh, Steve. And then she says also, uh, if you can, give a shout out to my two very good friends, Dan and Albert. I bought a house in 2021, and they made it into a home. They remodeled it, built it. Made it into the home I dreamt of. None of it would be possible without them. So I'll shout for them if you don't mind. All right. And, and then she says, I have a big favor to ask. I'm currently very unemployed and finding work has been really difficult these days. I'm getting my master in public health at Drexel and I'm looking for full time anywhere in healthcare, public health, biotech, community building, whatever. Hmm. Any help that you can, uh, any help you or anyone you know can provide would be amazing. 
If you, well, <clears throat> she's a phenomenal worker, and uh, you, any company would be um, uh, lucky to have yeah. her. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. If you if you can help, uh, email me, and I will forward that on to Donnie. Yes, and uh, see if we can help her out in the world of uh, healthcare and what else did she say? Public health, uh, community building, biotech, um, bagels and such, bagels and such. <laughs> Uh, so anyhow, uh, Donnie, we love you and we're, we're happy that things are, are looking good for you. Um, <clears throat> uh, a quick butt plug, if you don't mind, it says, uh, well, they, they requested a shard out, but it's more of a butt plug. Uh, it says Magnolia Public School and its principal, Paul Sorrentino, been featured and calls in often to talk, are doing a March Madness competition. Classes earn points by donating cereal boxes, solving <laughs> math facts, and having good attendance and answering trivia. Uh, speaking of trivia... We were just in the Fox Studios where you guys uh, call in and tape for the show uh, Clashroom. That's ah, awesome. Good for you guys. Yeah, it's back uh, on. We're always at Camp Out and follow and uh, a shout out uh, to the show often. And we would we have a lot of listeners in town thanks to all the press. We love your show and you guys rock. So here you go, Paul. A little butt plug and shout out because we're doing that little cereal box uh, donation. <laughs> I was just watching Better Off Dead again, Preston. And yeah. uh, <laughs> the cereal box is all cut open. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. It's a joke they keep going to throughout it. So the mom keeps clipping these uh, sort of coupons built into the box, but she does it in boxes that are, have cereal in it. Mm-hmm. And so anytime anything is removed from the cupboard, cereal starts pouring all over the floor. I did. And one last one says, hey, my name is Maggie. I wanted to send a shout out to my soon to be husband, Darren. We're both from South Jersey. Longtime listeners back in the Y100 days. Uh, we're getting married in March oh. at the World Cafe Live in Philly on stage in true rock and roll fashion. Rock on, and that is from Maggie Shepard. So here you go, and that is a shard out for you. All right, um, you know I want to try something out. So I, I saw this Reddit uh, article, and I want to see if anybody can join in. If not, we'll move on to something else. But I, I find this interesting. The you know the butterfly effect, right? You've heard of this before. It's a great Ashton Kutcher movie. Uh, yeah. It was a movie, yeah. yes. But the term stems from the branch of math called chaos theory. Um, It is actually, it's associated, I didn't know this, with a mathematician and meteorologist named Edward Lawrence. Mm. I I think, actually, Ian Malcolm is kind of based on this guy. The stupid question was about Jurassic Park, and in the book, Jurassic Park, they go a lot more into chaos theory and uh, and the butterfly effect. Isn't his first name Ian in the movie? Yes. But yeah. I, th- I think the the guy that Preston referenced is sort of based on um, the Ian Malcolm character. Yeah, oh, guy's I'm sorry. Oh. Okay, yes. yes. Edward wow, what a, what a coincidence. <laughs> so, uh, according to him, a tornado could be influenced by minor perturbations, and a tiny change in the initial conditions would uh, create a significant different outcome. His idea is quick. So, if a, if a butterfly flaps its wings, it causes a change in pressure that causes this to happen Bagel. to that. Bagels yeah. and <clears throat> such. Yes. <laughs> And uh, anyhow, so it's been termed the butterfly effect. Yes. But um, what yeah. I wanted to see is I've got a series of st- of stories that Reddit threaders have, have mentioned was their own little personal butterfly fly effect. So and one thing led to <clears throat> something that... Well, I'm going to use an example that you may have heard before. All right. Uh, in the movie um, Apollo 13. Yes. Jim Lovell tells a story about how he was in a uh, fighter jet at night about to land on a carrier. And he's on his way in, and uh, he mm-hmm. can't find... All of a sudden, his uh, his canopy light shorts out. Uh, all of his, his uh, electronics go dead, and he's thinking he's going to have to put it in the ocean. But And he couldn't find the carrier. But when the lights went out, he looked down, and he could see the algae in the ocean being churned up in the wake of the ship. 
So it actually led him to the ship. Wow. And he said, had my had my light not shorted out, I would not have seen seen it, it. and I would have not known where to go. And so this thing happened. It caused him to be able to see it. He's like, you never know what's going to happen to get you home was kind of the the phrase. He got home, and then he got the chance to almost die in Apollo 13. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, so that no, was amazing. Kind of a butterfly effect, yeah, yeah. Type exactly. Of story. Have you ever had something that can you th- can you? And it's hard on the on the on the moment to to think about something, but where I mean, the classic thing is I, I was going to be on that flight, and then I didn't yeah. have my tickets and couldn't get on, and then right. it, it crashed. There's also the 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 sliding door type theory, right? right. Uh, which is if you had not gone. You know, uh, I think that movie is a train, right? The door opens or something right, like right. that, and they walk on and they meet somebody, and it changes their life. And then they take the, uh, I never saw the movie. They go to an island with dinosaurs. Maybe that was it. Or they didn't get on the train and that part of their life never would have happened. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, So I'm sure that there's something in my life that has occurred, uh, but I can't really put my finger on it. Can everything, can every success you've had in your life be tracked back to your first Foot modeling photo shoot, maybe, Probably. maybe. You said maybe this isn't for me. My career path would not be what it is had I not uh, played golf with our old boss Jim McGuinn. That's true. And and had right. that not happened, I I don't think I would be here. Do you remember anything about that day in particular that maybe something could have caused you to not either play that day or play with somebody else no, that day? I All don't right. remember. Were you chased by a moose? Uh, I'm trying to forget about it. Forget about Why don't you forget the moose for a moment? I would say that we tend to think in things like that where, you know, um, it is interesting to consider um, those little moments. Yeah. And sometimes we don't realize they've happened. You right. Know? Right. So, um, by the way, if you have a story like this. About a moose. About a moose. Uh, call us, 215-263-WMMR. I mean, uh, the butterfly effect, the chaos theory is... Like a tiny little reason on why I'm so weird about uh, wearing certain Green. apparel on on game day, okay. right? It's just, right. just uh, it's so, that but, borders to superstition. Obviously. It, yes, it does. It but does. have you ever had a moment where I did, and I'm going to right. I'm going to talk about it now. So uh, there was a butterfly effect that uh, essentially led me to return somebody's stolen bike to them. All right, okay. so I was down the shore. I was in Sea Isle City. I, I, you had just stolen a bike. I had just <laughs> stolen a bike, no. Um, no, so uh, I, I wasn't familiar with Sea Isle at all. We were partying. I was uh, young, and the people that I was with, I lost them. Yeah. They just disappeared, and they had gone to another house, and um, and it was like blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks away. So, uh, and, and I didn't really even know how to get there, so... I, I just grabbed the bike that was uh, in the front lawn of the house that I was staying at, right. and I hopped the bike and I start riding, and I realized that uh, I don't know where I'm going. So and now at this point, I'm probably a good half mile away from the house that I had left. So I just pull over to ask these people if they know where this particular street is. It was their bike that I had stopped and, and talked to those Did people. Did they think you had stolen it? Well, I don't really. They were like, that's my bike, and I go, that's... I have I didn't steal this. I'm like I just got this at the house that I was at, and I just returned the bike to them. But that would have never happened if there, my friends you know didn't that, ditch me at the that, house. That, that wasn't their bike. <laughs> <laughs> if only you had been arrested. In that I, know, story. I, know. That I didn't been steal the bike. <laughs> yes. Uh, but and, listen, I'll tell you what. How you met your wife? Oh, oh yeah. was Complete. very butterfly affecting. Yes. Yeah. Because it was old Newsboys Day. It was old Newsboys Day. My <laughs> uncle was a lawyer, all right? And just weeks prior to that particular day, 
uh, we were at a family party, and he said, he goes, oh, I heard you were in the city. He's like, next time you're in the city, you better stop up and say hi to me and blah, 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 and this is where my office is. So that day, uh, rather than going right to Old Newsboys Day, I went up and said hi to my Uncle Bob, and he showed me around his office and blah, 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 and then next thing you know... Don't you uh, ever bother me at work. <laughs> I am at... No, he was super sweet. Uh, I ended up at uh, 17th and Walnut, and I was there at, at the time that my wife was in her car at the stoplight. Like, she, she wasn't... Isn't, that, isn't yeah. that wild, yeah. Yeah. The, the happenstance that needs to take place? How, Again, how, that's... How, how different your life would have been, you know? There, yeah, w- Again, it does come down to if you're looking one way uh-huh. or, I mean, that's yeah. the, there was a Harlan Ellison story based on on that literally a guy creates a time machine. To, you know, this is a scenario we're going to go through countless times during this conversation. Goes back to prehistoric times, notices an insect, looks the wrong way, something yeah. happens, sets in a chain of motion, and the world is, you know, a nightmare by the time he gets back. Yeah. I mean, I... I... I don't believe in things like destiny. I do believe in chaos. And in fact, Donnie had written that email at the beginning that said a similar sentiment in the email that she believes that the universe is pretty much chaos. And I'm the same way. And these, you know, what what could have been versus what is, it's just, it just happens. It just, just occurs. I I vacillate, you know, but, but it's still, it's still fascinating to think about, about, you know, if you had look, gone through one door, you yeah. Yeah. Oh, and how many times people's lives are saved by last-second decisions? Well, here's here's an example of that. So uh, this uh, Redditor wrote in and said, back in the 80s, my mom studied abroad in England. A couple of days before her flight back home to the U.S., she got too homesick to wait any longer, and spontaneously, she bought a ticket home early. Uh, the flight she was originally supposed to be on was Pan Am Flight 103. Oh, jeez. All 243 passengers and 16 crew died in that. This is the Lockerbie, yes? She said, if not for her homesickness, her and my dad would not have met. My brother and I would not have been in existence. I told you the hospice nurse for my mother, her husband and son died on that Lockerbie. No kidding. Wow. Um, We have some calls. Uh, So let me go to Dave. Hey, Dave, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Great. What's up, my man? So uh, I have a really cheap wife, and even though there's a bunch of pizza places near our house that we deliver for like a dollar, I have she makes me go out and get it all the time. All right. I mean, and so uh, I had that night to myself. It was Monday night football. No one was home. I ordered the pizza. I told them to deliver it, and then I got felt guilty, and I went to go get it. And on my way there, two blocks from my house, somebody T-boned me. Whoa. They ran a stop sign and knocked me out. They took me to the hospital, x-rayed my neck, looked for a concussion, which I did have. Um, and then they found stage three uh, thyroid cancer. Whoa. Wow. I had no symptoms, and it was starting to spread. It was outside the thyroid. Whoa. And it kind of saved my life because they <laughs> operated and got it. And Man, it and all oh, because your wife is cheap. Wife, uh, that made me go get it. By yeah. the way, did you ever find out if it was your wife in that car that T-boned you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Coming together, we'll be in bed soon. And so, do, Dave, did, did you ever thank her for being so cheap? Uh, well, yeah, every day that we're, uh, <laughs> home and we're not naked. You're right, what, right. what about the story? Who was That's it? That's great, Dave. Thank you. Okay, was it the, the baseball commissioner? Or so, somebody was in the stands and, and somebody watching just happened to notice something with their fingers. And I know the story you're telling about, Steve. I remember Alfonso Soriano uh, hit a foul ball and hit a lady with the foul ball, which sent her to the hospital. 
and at the hospital she was diagnosed with um, some type of cancer. Right. And, and she hadn't she wouldn't have gone to the hospital if saved not for her that life. foul ball hitting her. Yeah. So that's why don't catch the ball. Let it hit you. Right. right. All right, here's another example, and it has to do with pizza. Like Dave, our last caller, it says, My desire for pizza set off a chain reaction that destroyed my family. Oh, my God. That's One day I got home from school, really wanted pizza. My family was poor, so spontaneous food trips weren't always in the cards. I really worked my pouty face on my mom and begged her to go to the local pizza place for dinner. She actually went with it, uh, so we went. And while chilling there, I saw my uncle walk by, and I said, Hey, uh, is that you? And... Now, you might be thinking he just wanted pizza. What's the big deal? Well, he actually lived several states away. So to arbitrarily be in town and not tell anyone, anyone was strange. Turned out he was having an affair with his sister-in-law, my aunt, on the oh, other God. side of the family. Oh, One thing led to another, and now everyone hates each other, and oh, we God. haven't had contact in like 20 years. <laughs> oh. And all I wanted was some pizza. Pizza. <laughs> Did so he get pizza? It destroyed their family. What kind of pizza? I don't know. <laughs> it's, you know. Barbecue it's chicken terrible. pizza. It's something really yummy. <laughs> Wow. Uh, let me go to, I have James. Hi, James. Good morning. Good morning, it. Good morning, it, bud. What's up? Now, first of all, you know the butterflies creating these tornadoes. Those tornadoes were real. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, my story is kind of a small one. It's not cancer or anything like that. Um, uh, one time I was driving in my car, and I felt what I thought was a spider on my leg. So while I was driving, I reached down to, like, brush it off or scratch at it. And right when I reached down, a bat flew into my car and nailed the headrest. Oh, my God. And it just went spiraling off into the back seat. But if my head was there, I probably would have gotten hit. You would have got slapped in the face with a bat. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, talk, we're not a baseball bat. A bat with wings here. A bat with wings. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> and, and had you not, yeah. From you... Touchstone Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> the bat slapper. The bat slapper. Oh, my God. All right. Oh, no. I have a spider on my leg. Wham! <laughs> Fortunately, wow. fortunately, saved by the spider. Uh, how about this? This is interesting. We'll go to Ron next. Hey, Ron, good morning. Yeah. All right, Ron, we're talking about a butterfly effect in your life. Uh, so in uh, nine months and 11 days before 9-11, I met my wife. Oh, okay. And... Uh, that July, I was supposed to re-enlist into the Army. Wow. And I'm an infantry combat soldier. Okay. So, you know, I think that if I hadn't met my wife and decided not to re-enlist, I would have been a victim of a 9-11 combat. Wow. It says here on our, on our uh, screen that, that you, were, you were getting ready to re-enlist, but you, are, you met your wife while you were in line to do that? Oh, so uh, no, I was online. Okay, and and, oh, and okay. I met my wife in Yahoo Chat. Okay, and then and, she, and and she had kind of urged you to reconsider reenlisting. No, what happened was we started talking, and I I absolutely fell in love and didn't want to reenlist anymore. Okay, and so otherwise you might have been involved in 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 the conflict that ensued, and and yeah. you, you could have easily become a casualty. Correct. And no life before that. And right. no life before that. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, meeting somebody can absolutely. That's that's a huge part of altering your life. Uh, and I'm glad you guys are. You know that you found happiness and all that stuff. You run. Oh, we're not happy. Listen. <laughs> yeah, I hate her. By the way. Uh, so here's one. This is interesting. Uh, it says when my now husband was 18, I uh, found out that his mom's side of the family was Spanish, not Mexican. 
And he found this interesting. So he changed his country to Spain on Facebook instead of the U.S., which is where he really was. Meanwhile, in Australia, I was helping my friend find Spanish people to add as friends since she was learning the language. And I came across my now husband's profile and decided to send him a friend request as well. We got along really well, met in person after three years. We now have been together 11 years, married for seven. And if if he didn't change his country to Spain, which he only did for a day or so. Right. We'd, One day. We'd never have known that each other exists. Globally, think of what are the odds? Yeah, I like that. That's cool. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go to uh, Jackie. Hi there, Jackie. Good morning, it. Good morning, it, Jackie. What's your story? <laughs> okay, so I think this was about a dozen butterfly effects all at once. Okay. <laughs> um, so I uh, was having some anemia issues a few years back, and I went to a hematology oncologist. He sent me for what he considered the standard, like, GI workup, make sure that wasn't where it was coming from. And part of that was sending me for a colonoscopy. Okay. Went for the colonoscopy, and uh, as a result of the anesthesia, I was a little bit woozy for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, we had a broken refrigerator in our kitchen, so we were using our spare refrigerator in the basement to store all our food. I went to cook dinner, still woozy, down in the basement, and I fell on the stairs and hit my wrist. I thought I broke my wrist, so we went to the ER, and it turned out that when they were doing the um, x-ray, x-rays, I actually had a tumor in my hand. <laughs> you had a tumor in your I hand? I had cancer <laughs> in my hand. Wow. And they had to do surgery to remove the tumor, but it had nothing to do with the anemia, nothing to do with the colonoscopy. Oh it was you, you, you ne- by chance. You never would have caught that. You had no symptoms, nothing indicating, no, no, it was just there. You had no idea. Nothing, nothing at all. Wow. <laughs> Wow. wow. So and when you get any sort of anesthetic, make sure you go up and down the stairs a lot. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I need to trip. I need to fall. Right. That's how you do it. <laughs> had you not had the anesthesia and fallen down and broken your wrist, it could have been, uh, it could have exactly. gotten more, much more advanced than it was. It's crazy. And in the colonoscopy, they also found um, a precancerous polyp they had to remove that also had nothing to do with the anemia, but they just happen to find it. That's the beauty of a colonoscopy, by the way. I know we, we talked about colonoscopies a lot uh, recently, but that they can go in and sort of do some, okay, this could be an issue. We'll take it out now and, yeah. and, and exactly. clean out that old bunghole. Wow. All right. The way that it was, like the type that it was and the size that it was, it was definitely precancerous. So. All right. Okay. Well, good for you. I'm glad you're doing well now. my life twice. Yes. That's wow. awesome. Thank you, Jack. glad you're here. Uh, so we're taking uh, butterf- butterfly effect uh, type situations in your life calls 215-263-WMMR I will go to Kevin next hey Kevin good morning <coughs> Kevin are you there bud yo what's going on hey man get Zeus to you what's up bud hey your cat has radioactive poop <laughs> um, okay it did at one point did, that's yeah. right I remember yeah. that yeah yeah you couldn't yeah. touch it yeah that's his intro yeah it was also in your nose one time yeah oh god uh- <laughs> Oh, my God, it was disgusting. That's sort of a butterfly effect. I'll share that story again in a moment. Kevin, what's your story? Um, it's kind of, it, it's a really good story, butterfly effect type thing. I was taking care of a terminally ill family member um, for five years. I lived with them, and that was my job. It was 24-7 around the clock, and they died sooner than I had thought. I was left without a job, and I asked my dad, what do I do? He goes, you got to learn a trade or something. So I said, okay. I said, I'm going to go out and, you know, try to find a job. And the first place I went to, was, you know, far away from where we lived, in the middle of nowhere, 
I stopped. I went in the door and I said, "Hey, are you guys hiring any, you know, welders or anything complete? Something I've never done before, welding, you know." Yeah. And the guy said, "No, we're not." And uh, he asked my name, and I told him my name. And he was hired by my father 40 years ago in a Whoa. welding shop. My dad taught him everything he knows about welding, blah blah blah. And he paid for me to go to welding school, and I'm still there 12 years later. Oh, wow. my. Just goodness. out of the blue. That's, cool. That's wild. What a great story. Yep. And it's, it's, there's people here that work here. My dad had started this small company 40 years ago before I was even a thought, before my family existed. Him and a friend had started it, and my dad left the business. They got in this big fight and all that stuff, and I never knew about it. My dad didn't really talk about it ever. I never knew anything about He's it. He's a jerk off. <laughs> That is yeah. a that is astonishing. Yeah, that is a fantastic story, Kevin. I love that. Wow. Thanks, guys. What do hey? What what did your dad think of all that? I told my dad the guy's name, and I said I, he just hired me. And my dad goes, "Are you kidding me?" He goes, "I, I hired him a kid to sweep the floor, <laughs> and now he owns the company." Oh, See, man. that's it. Yeah. Yeah, you always you never burn dad. bridges. Don't burn your bridges. Yeah. Always check your hands for tumors and never burn bridges. <laughs> yep. Thanks for sharing story, Kevin. I I, I love that man. Thank you very much. Right, he gave my dad a shot, and, or my dad gave him a shot, and he gave me a shot. Sometimes great. you hey, just got to believe in something. You're absolutely right. Yes, right, thanks, good. Buddy. Very, very uplifting. Wow, that's so cool. Uh-huh. Man. I always hated your dad. <laughs> he made that me sweep his floor. <laughs> I'm a doctor. <laughs> I hated that man. Every second. Yeah. I'm going to find out you can kick you in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I will go next to Justin. Hi, Justin. You're on the air. Good morning, bud. Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What's up, man? Hey, uh, so, um, I, uh, about six or uh, almost seven years ago now, um, it was right around Halloween. Um, my wife had ordered something. It was like 10 o'clock at night. She said, go outside and go get it off the porch. I forgot to bring it in. I live in the woods, so I opened the door and there was a bat hiding in the wreath on our door and it bit me in the cheek. Whoa, whoa. Um, and since that so, day, you've roamed the world, the world in search of human blood. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back in the house, and I told her I got bit by a bat. She's like, you have to go to the hospital. You have to go to the hospital. So I'm not going to the hospital. So I went to sleep, woke up the next day. My face was all swollen. I went into work because I figured no one was going to believe me that I got bit by a bat. <laughs> and they, um, they, sent me, they sent me home. They said, go to the hospital. So the team that I was working with, um, the, the two guys ended up going out instead and had to stay a little bit later. And um, they were in a car accident on the way home. One person died, and the other one was paralyzed. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. that that would have been you. That would have been me, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I still would have gone to the doctor over the bat bite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I did. It's just nobody nobody would have believed me. Oh, I got you. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah wow. I, See? I said, let me go in and let me actually show them that I got mm-hmm. bit by a bat. <laughs> Or at least bit by something. You know, that's something you don't hear at work a lot. You know, yeah. uh, yeah. Ed's out for yeah, bat, yeah, bat bite. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Bat Again bite. with the yeah, bat yeah. bite? Oh, my God. Uh, the engineer got bitten by a bat. Thanks, Justin. Uh, let's go next to Daryl. Hey, Daryl, good morning. Wee! That's what I get to do. Oh. Yes. <laughs> One of our Wee! Favorites. That's what I get to do. All right, what's up, my man? Hey, back in 1983, I was in the military and I had. Just hit my four-year point, and it was about time to re-enlist or go do something. At the same time, I was doing photography for a radio station out there, and I got to meet some rock and roll people, uh, mainly Vixen and some other groups like that. That's cool. And 
they they said, hey, come out to Los Angeles and do photography. You know, Rorse, you know, you're a good live action rock and roll photographer. At the same time, the Air Force is saying, hey, why don't you stay in the Air Force? So it was a little conundrum there, and I finally decided to, you know, stay in the Air Force. Let me give it another You convinced Vixen to join the Air Force. (laughs) (laughs) But so, and then right after I re-enlisted, they gave me a flying job out of McGuire. Wow. And I I got to see the world. I got to 152 countries. I've been on every continent in the world. So, and it was all just just happenstance. Yeah, it, it, it was just you know that that moment where I said go to Hollywood or, or get know, bitten by a bat. <laughs> wow, man, well, that's that's a decision, and that you know it's it's less of a butterfly effect; it's more fortuitous. But still, that's pretty cool that you got to see the world that way. Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely, man. Right. Thank you, Daryl. Appreciate it, bud. All right, so uh, might be worth uh, examining. Uh, some moments in your life and yeah. see if uh, had I had I made a left out of that, uh, you know, that doorway, how would my life have had completely changed uh, at that moment? You may have met somebody important or discovered something that uh, was very, very uh, fortuitous. Or... If all you do is always make lefts today, make a right and yeah. find out that it's a one way street. That's all you'll find. <laughs> Did you say you haven't seen uh, Sliding Doors? I have not. It's a good movie. Is it a good movie? Yeah, you'd like it. It's up your alley. Gwyneth Paltrow, Uh Robert Downey Jr.? I don't think he's in it, but they were were husband and wife in the Avengers. Okay. Yeah, maybe. So maybe just watch Avengers. It's pretty much the same movie. Um, But it it shows a couple of different paths, right? Yes. Of of what life would have been like had you not slipped in that door that was about to close. Yeah, she's about to get on a subway, and the door closes in one scenario, and it's And a train of stars kills her. Right. And then uh, Thanos... Shows up. Oh, no. Snap. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thank you for what the if- calls. We appreciate it. We have to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. When we uh, get back, a couple of guests on the program, one of them being uh, Diane Franklin, yeah. uh, actress from movies like uh, Better Off Dead and uh, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and so on. She's right in our wheelhouse. Yep. So we'll talk to her in a few. Just uh, hang out. We'll be right back. Looking for fun things to do this weekend? Pierre Robert's weekend calendar has you covered. Shows in town, movies to see, exhibits and specials around the Delaware Valley. Just use keyword weekend calendar at WMMR.com to get the list. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, a couple of guests joining us in this particular segment, uh, one we have had on uh, before to talk about this very event. And the next one is coming up on Friday, March 31st. Uh, it's called The Prom. Yes. Uh, really cool event that uh, benefits the Travis Mannion Foundation. We'll give you all the information on what that is all about in a moment. But uh, we first want to welcome Mr. Ian McLaughlin this yeah. morning. Good morning, Ian. How are you, man? I'm doing great, Presbo. How you doing today? Good, buddy. <laughs> it's great to have you on once again, and uh, happy that this event is uh, is taking place. And and there's going to be a really uh, cool individual that you're going to be honoring, and not only honoring but changing the name of the award for. And uh, we'll get that in just a second. But uh, uh, let me make sure I get the dates right. Friday, March 31st, uh, at the Union League, and tickets available at promphilly.com. Right? It, yes, promphilly.co. Dot co. Yeah, you know, some some foreign company bought up our original uh, website, so Bastards. we have to get rid of the .com to .co. All, all right. right, all good. It's still there. But the uh, so the Travis Mannion Foundation, 
Uh, for those who don't know, uh, tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll find out what the event is going to be all about. Sure. Uh, so uh, Travis was a uh, local guy born um, born and raised in Doylestown, uh, went to LaSalle High School, graduated in 1999, went to Naval Academy. Uh, you know, really great story about that. But um, in on April 29th, 2007, uh, he was in the Al Anbar uh, province in Iraq. And his uh, Marine unit was ambushed, and he was killed by a sniper fire, drawing um, attention away from injured Marines. So he was he was killed. He was the only Marine killed that during that ambush, and everyone else survived. So um, unfortunately, he did not. And uh, his family, um, his his father's a Marine, and uh, his mom started the foundation, and now his sister Ryan uh, runs the foundation. A literal war hero. He, he received uh, the the Bronze Star and, and uh, the Silver Star for valor. And you guys do this in in his honor, and therefore raise funds. And what do those funds go towards, Ian? Sure. So the the foundation does. Uh, they have a bunch of different things they do, but their main focus is to uh, support. Uh, families of the fallen, Gold Star families and, and war veterans help with mental health, uh, community service, just getting them back into uh, society in the United States. Um, they've, they've built homes for veterans. Um, it, it's really an incredible thing. They, they go into high schools and they uh, teach high school students characteristics of, of our military leaders, which uh, I think anyone should should take one and, and want to have those characteristics. Right. So uh, there, there's all sorts of, and it's a wide range all throughout the country. Um, they have several offices and uh, they host a 9-11 5K run, um, you know, throughout the world. And and so you guys throw a big party uh, for this event to, to, to raise money uh, for... Uh, the foundation and and um, uh, all the money goes uh, directly to the Manning Foundation, which is awesome. Uh, but it's a party without question, and this is going to be coming up Friday, March thirty first. And what we love one one of the many things we love is that this year uh, you guys are going to be honoring a guy who we've had on our program on a, a few occasions, Roland Scarinci, who is the one hundred year old veteran. Uh, he's a uh, a marine. And plays a mean harmonica. <laughs> it sure does. And you guys are giving him uh, a community award, but you're going a step further than that, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, so last year he he received our community award uh, at prom when he was 99. You know, performed the, you know, performed with the harmonica as well. But this year we're renaming it the Rollins Currency uh, Service Award. How about oh. that? Naming the award after him. That's so cool, man. I love it. He is such a great guy. Uh, such and- a great guy and is very involved in the foundation, loves loves the foundation and loves loves Marines and just loves people in general, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So, so explain the the, the the prom, the concept of the prom for people who are not aware what it is. Sure. It, it's really just prom for adults. Yeah. Uh, so so we threw the U in there a lot uh, on this is the eighth annual prom, but because of COVID, right? Like, so nine years ago, we threw the U in there, um, changed it up a little bit, but it's really a, a black tie gala type thing for adults to just go out and enjoy themselves. So we've raised over $200,000 for the foundation doing it. Um, it's an open bar. We have go-go gadget on stage for those who, who've been to the beach towns. They've been rocking there for decades. Uh, 
So it's always a great time, great party. Uh, you know, something you can do when you and drink, uh, you know, that yeah. you're going to do in yeah. high school. I, I love the concept of an adult prom, a reason to just kind of get dressed up and yeah. and and go out and and play that that little role for the yeah. night. It's fun. So uh, you can, you know, dance, obviously, and, and meet with other people and. Um, and you're contributing to a great event as well, which is awesome. Uh, so the tickets are available at promphilly.co.co. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you'll want to get those now because uh, this event will probably sell out. It's a it's a really well-attended well event. Do you guys need any help or anything like that, uh, Ian? Or are you good to go as far as that re- those regards? I mean, we're always looking for help. If you go to promphilly.co or travismanion.org, you can always, uh, you know, I ask there, and, and there's an email address for contact there. Uh, looking for help, looking for sponsorships still. Um, 100% of the proceeds go to the foundation. So, And if you just want to help out and, and be around, we're always looking for volunteers to help the auctions and, and raffles and stuff like that. Hey, Ian, what's your the, the, this high school initiative all about? Because my son actually interviewed with you guys uh, earlier this week. And uh, you know he you know wants to get involved and uh, and uh, and he chose the Travis Manion Foundation because you know he was reading up on it and uh, he was like okay this this is something that I want to and, and can get behind but I I didn't you know when you guys went to his high school do you do you know what that initiative is all about? So I'm not uh, not probably the best person to speak okay. to it. Uh, <laughs> well, well, just make the, stuff the, up. Yeah, yeah. So they go into these schools and uh, they they do go into the schools. They have a. It is a tough interview process because they're looking for for those who who have those characteristics um, that you see, you know, and and they want to help develop those to be the next leaders, not necessarily military leaders, but like leaders yeah. of tomorrow. Whether it's just at home and being a great parent, or or in your community or at work. Excellent. All right, well, listen, we know you guys are going to do uh, a great job and have a great time, and uh, Roland's going to be a, a great addition to that. It's so cool that you guys are naming that award after him. So we'll put the word out. It is the uh, the Prom 2023, the Union League of Philadelphia, and it's benefiting the Travis Mannion Foundation. Uh, tickets available at promphilly.co. It's good to talk to you, Ian. Good luck with everything. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate the support. Gazooks. Gazooks, yeah, sir. All right, let's hear it for Ian yeah. McLaughlin, guys. Taking care of business and 100 years old, man, Roland. That's so cool. Man, he's still fits in his uniform, yep. too. Recently turned 100 years old. Wow. Um, I know we have a few minutes before we have uh, Diane uh, Franklin on to talk about her, her book, uh, actress from uh, 1980s and so and beyond. Yes. Uh, but I mentioned this off air. I was going to save this for music news, but I thought we have a little bit of time to uh, to chat that this might be worth mentioning. And I was excited to see this. But um, the the old television show, the old music television show, The Midnight Special, has launched a YouTube channel to mark its 50th anniversary. So this means they're putting their whole catalog up? I'm not sure if they're putting all of it. They're putting a lot up. So it ran for 450 episodes between 1973 and 1981. And I mentioned it to you off air in yeah. case he was like, what's the midnight special? It, yeah. Well, yeah. it was I'm, what you I'm did every, right now. every yeah. Friday night. You would watch the midnight. Was what? Friday night? Or was it was Friday night, right? Either Friday or it's Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. What's yeah. some channel? Uh, NBC, I remember. It's probably wrong, but but whatever it was. So there used to be a couple things. It was the midnight special. There was Don Kirshner's rock, rock concert. concert. Yep. Uh, and then there were a few other things that, but but the the best was the midnight special. Yeah, because like, the 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 collection of these were 
like the artists of the time performing live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was amazing. And I, Steve, I have vivid memories of being terrified of Alice Cooper <laughs> yeah. when I was a little kid. I'm yeah. like, I this is I'm going to hell just for for watching this. But uh, the host was uh, was Wolfman Jack, who is obviously who else do you get? But Wolfman just, Jack, just a legend, and and that's where I came to know him and uh, was enamored with him for most of my life. But I mean, it, it's it's live concert footage, and I I, read, I rattled off. It says here, um, it says featuring uh, the, among the videos available at the channel's launch are the original pilot episode from 1972, and this is what it says, <clears throat> featuring. Live performances from John Denver, Argent, Harry Chapin, David Clayton Thomas, Cass Elliott, the Everly Brothers, the Isley Brothers, Helen Reddy, Linda Ronstadt, and War, as well as clips of Fleetwood Mac, David Bowie, Rod Stewart, Tina Turner, and War. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Dude. wow. So, real quick, is um, all these performances were done specifically for... This show, yeah, for uh, my recollection so. was it was the midnight special studio. They had an audience, and it was a um, it was a televised little mini rock concert. Nick, could you look up real quick at and uh, 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 on Wiki about whether or not the the midnight special had those performances at their own kind of concert venue, or right. if they just took videos? Because the video always seemed to be. Consistent, like the same, like that's, it was all shot. That's in the same, my recollection. Same yeah. form. And yeah. Uh, yeah, just another quick question because this reminds me a lot of like uh, what J- Jules Holland does. It's a uh, show in England, and it's I-, I love the format. But what Jules Holland does, they have several acts, you know, uh, the same night. So do the was this several different acts or was it one? Concert one That's band a good question. per night. No, no, it was a few different ones. They would, they would have different bands on each time. And by the way, Jules Holland used to co-host a show that I loved. Another music. It was on Sunday nights. It was called Music Night. Yeah, and David Sanborn was the other host. I love David. Sanborn. And they would do that. They'd have like five or six artists on. They would play their individual performances, and then they would all get together and play together. That's cool. And it was it 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 bordered into jazzy stuff. To adult contemporary, to a little bit of rock, and it was—I loved that program. It's like Austin City Limits. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. I love that stuff. Um, yeah, and and you just don't see this type of programming that much anymore. Now, and then also, I mean, you know, it's just there, there's so much on the digital platform these days, and and you don't see a whole lot of live stuff. So, like what Chris Rock did on Netflix on Saturday Night is, yeah, um, not. The norm. Do you yeah. think it should be good? Mr. Belvedere's Metal Mayhem. Which <laughs> oh, was, wow. Which was a, a lesser known. Yeah. Mr. Belvedere's host of Metal Mayhem. Metal. I had no idea. It says other artists who performed on the show whose appearances will presumably become available over the coming months include, listen to this, Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, Kiss, Elton John, ACDC, Badfinger, The Cars, Cheap Trick, Peter Frampton, Genesis, Heart, Little Feet, Prince. I remember Wings. Roxy Music, Steely Dan, Thin Lizzy, ELO. I mean, yeah. that's just... That was your promotional, you know, that predated the music video boom, right? Yeah. 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 So there we go. Yeah, it was pre... Because it ended... Probably MTV had a big part to do with, uh, with killing that because it yes. ended in 1981. Right. You know? just, it, to me, it seems like those bands, those bands in the 70s and, and early 80s, just were... They were hard-working bands. They were better than what we have, like, as far as current bands are concerned. They they just... They were statistically taller. <laughs> were they? Yeah. That, which is weird, yeah. because it seems like well, people are getting taller. I know. Sooner. Oddly enough, it seems like... And listen, you, you have a variety of different, uh, obviously, artists that come out of any decade or era... 
But there was a lot. There was a lot of soul in the music. Yes, I think that well, that might be missing now. It's that Hall and Oates up. You know, you talk about yeah. blue eyed soul and all that stuff. Yeah, it's cool. Also, the ability to take what you do and perform it live. Yeah, that that is sort of. Um, it's it's lesser of a capability, but there's yes. still you know there's there's every time yields its great artists and and uh, I would love to see something like this return, um, but uh, you know it, it I, is to have it available now that'll be cool. I think he nailed it as to, as to uh, Casey's observation though, Steve, because when yeah when you were a band uh, a, a few years back, the the main thing was. Okay, this we we're doing this to play this live. Right, we're right. recording this to play this live, mm-hmm. and we need to be able to do that. And that's kind of a, I think that's a secondary thought. I think there are ways to take songs that recorded that weren't that you can't pull off live, and still be able to somewhat reproduce them live. But I think back in the day, they wanted to reproduce them just like the way they recorded them in the studio. That's why when you see the Eagles documentary, and oh, you man. see and those concert that concert footage of them, there's no there's no faking. Yeah. There's, there's no uh, there's no uh, you know other tracks playing. They're playing that live. They're harmonizing live, and that's pretty amazing. But like you, you know, out of that that era, you have like your legendary bands, right? The the legendary, and then you have like another band like this one. Carry on my huh. Kansas. Right, yeah. like, dude, nobody's making music like this these days. Right. And this wasn't even, like, one of the powerhouses of the time. They, these were, these guys were actually considered kind of corporate rock. They were, By yeah. the time they hit, believe it or not, but... Yeah. Were, no, I agree. I mean, like, uh, go back and listen to some old Credence or something like that. Oh, my that. God. Did you see the, the, the Credence uh, special, the, uh, the the documentary no, that's out? No. It's awesome. <gasps> Sensational. Where is that? Uh, I, God, there's so many goddamn streaming services. I'm going to say Netflix. I'm probably wrong. I got to see that. But it's really good. Marissa pulled some audio. What is this? Uh, this is a John Denver, I guess, intro. Maybe this was the very first one. Yeah. Hang on a second. Thank you, and good evening, everybody, and welcome to uh, the Midnight Special. We think we have uh, a really great show for you tonight. I know we have some incredible entertainers for you. And I suppose that I hope you folks know, and for some of you in the audience out there, that we have some ulterior motives in what we're doing this evening. Uh, We're here to try to stress the importance of everybody getting out to register to vote. Oh. Now, all right. You know, it's something, uh, it's something a lot of people have been talking about for a long time now, to have 18, 19, and 20-year-olds to give them the chance to participate in local and national elections. And uh, now it seems we have the chance, but there's still about 12 million people out there who haven't... Shut up and play music! <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, there's really no excuse for anybody copping out. And... Shut up! I like to switch gears now and talk about pegging for a moment. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> he, uh, do you remember the classic footage of him when he was uh, testifying when they had the, you know, uh, it was the the, 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 the public sticker, uh, the, yeah. the parental warning? Yeah, it was the warning. Uh, um, uh, yeah. obscenities. And, and it was, of all people, the person yeah. who came in and spoke the most clearly on yeah. the issue was John Denver. Yeah, John Denver uh, and, who, who and had Frank the least questionable yeah. lyrics, but he goes in there and just destroyed. And wanted to speak from uh, an artist's perspective yeah. who you would not think would would be behind, you know, letting two live crew saying what they wanted to say <laughs> exactly, at the time. But he was. Yeah. It was pretty wild. So. Uh, this is him introing, I'm not sure who. Hang David on a Clayton Thomas. Okay. I've known this next gentleman for a couple... I don't know who David Clayton Thomas is. He invented the elevator. Okay. A couple of years now. I met him, first of all, when he was singing with Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and I was the opening act at a few of their concerts. 
And I thought then that he was uh, really an incredible singer, and that feeling has really grown over the years. In fact, shut up and just... play music. We don't have time to listen to the whole thing because our guest is on the line. Oh, we've been very excited about this. We've been, we've been waiting this. to talk to her. So, but anyhow, the Midnight Special, by the way, yes, they, they now have a YouTube channel. So there's going to be loads of cool concert footage uh, to check out. All right. We are welcoming our... Oh, nice music. Good call, Casey. Hey, buddy. Uh, I love, love, love the title of her book. Uh, it is called The Excellent Comedy of the Last American French Exchange Babe of the 80s. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, it is available on Amazon. And obviously in that, she she manages to mention uh, three great roles that she she's in from uh, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Last American Virgin, and Better Off Dead. Please welcome Diane Franklin yeah! to our show this morning. Good morning. Nice to have you on, Diane. Wonderful to meet you after all these years of uh, loving the movies that you, and shows that you've been in. So, uh, and congrats on on writing a book. And uh, is this title your complete creation, or did someone say, you know, you need to add all of these things in there? No, you know what? Actually, uh, people have, were kind of telling me not to do it. <laughs> ah, oh. It's brilliant. I, I never, you know, I I never assumed people would uh, remember me. So I thought, okay, well, let's just make it uh, all into the title, and uh, it also gives you a, a kind of a feeling of what it's going to be like to read it. It's kind of a you know sort of a fun uh, book that'll take you back uh, to the eighties, which we- is you know the whole point. Absolutely. And Diane, you know, the whole thing is, and I, I tweeted out at you, this, I, I called you, you're your pop culture royalty because you're you sit right in that. There there was a time. Um, you know, where um, I think when videotapes and things of that nature started to, to come out and, and uh, you know, someone could do a movie and it may have laid inert for a while and then got rediscovered. Uh, this is a near and dear time. Oh, the, the hell, the Goldbergs is completely predicated on this this time frame. And it, it's it's great to see it being appreciated. But um, your your career in particular, I kid you not. We play so many clips from Better Off Dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, constantly. Are you surprised at the um, the reach of the people who are familiar with your work now? Because you're you're kind of a regular on on the convention circuit, correct? Um, you know, yes. Um, I have to say, one of the things I was really fortunate uh, to be able to do is go through uh, be in a lot of different genres. Yeah. So if let's say you know, and today everything's so niche. So you know, people just they have like they go to one kind of a, a genre, they don't even visit the other ones. So, um, but I have to say that the most wonderful thing is I do love uh, that people are bringing Better Off Dead back because that to me is just it was such a a unique, hilarious, uh, trippy, it movie. trippy. It was a, it was a, at the time and even today it still stands out. And so it is such a, a pleasure and a gift when people remember it. And, um, I have to tell you that, um, you know, when I go to the conventions, um, I started doing it because I, my daughter, like she, she had some crushes on people and she was like, mom, you really should start doing this and meeting people because they're really be happy to meet you. And I was like, oh, okay. And I thought, oh, let me bring the better off dead coat. Because ah. I felt a little shy about me, but I was like, oh, wear the coat. So seriously, if you go to a convention and I bring the coat, we take, you could take pictures wearing the original coat from the film. <laughs> wow. That coat, by the way, looks like it weighs 80 pounds when you're wearing it. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I love the fact there was, there was the director's name was, um, uh, Savage Steve Holland, right? Yep. Right, mm-hmm. and he did One Crazy Summer as well. Yeah. 
And he yes, had. It. And by the way, I was in that movie, but they cut me out at the end because um, they didn't. It, they had were short on time. So oh was, no! But I was waving at John at the end, which was a really kind of like oh, little nod. Oh. Better off dead people. Remember you are. Uh, I was a French girl. In case you don't remember. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you get your? By the way, I just watched uh, the uh, last uh, American Virgin and Better Off Dead back to back, just because I was. Yeah, I have to go watch them again. Because uh, you hate me and then you love me. <laughs> I, love, I love you. Yeah. yeah. The French accent, spot on. Um, did you have to pick up that um, ability? Are you? Do you have any French lineage? Uh, you know, I don't have French lineage. I'm uh, Austrian and German lineage. But honestly, like I love languages. So you know, it's uh, it's like in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures. I talk for the British dialect, and so it's kind of like a thing where I just have an ear for it. And um, I love just love languages. I love acting. I just love the whole world. And so um, it. But I did. You know, I always whenever I do a, a character a part, I I study the language. I study the you know with the dialect coach. I make sure you know it's as accurate as possible. Um, but, uh, you know, I, that, and you know, it's funny. I mean, if, when you get, if you get my books, I have three books, but better, um, the comedy book is, um, focuses on better off dead. And one of the things, uh, was that I originally, when they brought me in, they brought me in for, um, Beth and, um, oh. and they, they didn't even know I could do a French dialect. So I just came in and I started to exist and said, no, I am Monique. You must uh, hire me. And, uh, I will. Uh, I want to do these parts. So it was kind of hilarious. They there was well, you do speak French a little bit in in the film. Had uh, did you have to be spoon fed that? Uh, no, I put that French in there. Like oh. they didn't have any French in it, and I was like, no, no, no. People do not argue in their in you know the yes. other language. They argue in their native language. Yeah. So yeah, I did put real French in, and I took French in school. If that helps, remember when you take French in school or something in school, and always you never know where it can help you. So well, it's a scene is hilarious. You brought you brought it, and if you haven't seen better. Off Dead. The, oh. These are movies that are as in one crazy summer. They are. They started, I think, a shift in in movie comedy. As did Bill and Ted, in a way. Um, you know, there was it was a little bit more knowing, a little bit more acerbic, and and um, uh, and again, there's there's trippy parts. There's, there's animation. There's yeah. stop motion. Yep. Uh, you know, it's almost Walter Mitty ish in, mm-hmm. in a way. I have to tell you something. You really have a, a you're good timing on this because actually. Um, the producer of, Be- of Better Off Dead is having an event at uh, um, in a college in Georgia, uh, SCAD, and um, I'm going to be invited to come down there, and it's going to be a um, a big event, a huge event, where they're going to bring Curtis and, and Amanda, and I'm not sure um, about some other people, but... Curtis uh, Armstrong, who is Booger in uh, Revenge Booger. of the Nerd, another guy who, since we've had him yeah, on the show... Charles Dumar. Charles in, Dumar uh, in, uh, mm-hmm. in uh, yeah, Better, Better Off Dead. Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and John yeah. Cusack and and uh, David Ogden Stiers, uh, and oh. yeah, I mean just... Dan Schneider. I mean the guy who created basically all of the Nickelodeon. Disney Channel. Yeah, uh, was it Disney? Disney or Nickelodeon. One of the, he's just a, a massive, um, six, massive, massive successful producer. So much of the humor from that film has translated to television also. You know, like you said, you know, Danny having, you know, um, you know, working with Nickelodeon, you know, iCarly, Zoe 101, um, just that sort of tongue-in-cheek kind of, yeah. you know, bigger-than-life, you know, uh, characters. Absolutely. Um, um, I you, You'd mentioned uh, David Ogden Sires, and, and I, I forgot. I was trying to remember which, you know, because you're... 
uh, actors aren't with every other character that that appear in the film. But you did have a scene with him. I, I remember for sure because he's like, "Do you are you enjoying your time in our country?" Um, that must have been delightful uh, to to spend oh, some time I with him. Not keep a straight face. Like, not, I mean, he was so funny. I mean, do you? Guys? <laughs> I forgot the line. It was, you know, uh, speak English. And just, it was just, um, we had a blast doing it. I mean, honestly, the people in that movie were top-notch, hilarious. Um, I worked with Kim Darby, um, uh, who played uh, Lane's mother, um, in a movie movie of the week called Summer Girl, where I kidnapped her kids. I saw that! And Kim Darby got our per- previous relationship was like, I, you know, I tried to take over her family, and uh, um, I play schizophrenic for a movie of the week called Summer Girl, and then here we are working again. I mean, the chances of that are so unusual. It was really fun, and so now she plays Lane's mother. Kim, Kim Darby was the the, the 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 girl in True Great with John yeah. Wayne, and that's yeah. how she what? first burst on the scene. So, um, and here she is playing against type as this um, this sort of loving lunatic mom. Uh, was there a lot of um, uh, improv on that set, or was it all on the page? Um, okay, so there was the great thing. Savage Steve Holland is a genius. I'm sorry, but he's just so incredible. And he was very young at the time. And so <laughs> I, I say this it, with a compliment, is that he was also in awe of all the people that he worked with. So what happened was he wrote this great script, and then he would be like, okay, like, let, you know, if you do something great, I'll just keep it so like he allowed the actors to improvise um i mean we stayed on the page because we're you know you're professional but you work out of the character and there were some magical things that happened like for instance the snorting of the jello oh, oh um, my god that, <laughs> I, that was just a moment in time i mean that was like Savage just went, and let's just do this. And, I mean, I think, I don't know how he got, but that moment was not in the script. It was so funny. And I tried to keep my, my lip was quivering when we did that. It was so funny with Curtis snorting it and just, oh, my gosh. Yes, and that predates Bluto. Yeah, yes, yeah. Was improv, if you want to know, yes. Uh, Diane, I wanted to ask what it, what it's like. So you know, in these these three uh, roles that we mentioned specifically, you're you're the girl. You're like you're the object. You're the you're the you're the goal. You're the, you're what people want to get. And therefore, I had a crazy huge crush on you. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I was. Oh, I'm blushing. <laughs> well, I, I was curious what what's that like? What is that? I mean, like, how many stalkers come out of the woodwork? If you've been playing characters like that, did it, does it did it get weird at times with with fans? Um, when I was younger, I certainly, I mean, you know, first of all, we had no internet, right? So yeah. that was kind of a lucky thing in a way. Um, you know, people couldn't get access uh, to me, I guess. Um, but I was shyer then because I didn't know people's intentions, right? Um, uh, now um, that I'm older, it's kind of, it's really nice. It's kind of <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're, you're aging like a fine wine. It's, it's... Say it again one more time. This is the But it's, um, it's. People have just been, I've been very fortunate. People have been very respectful. Um, and I think it's um, its a mutual thing. I feel honored. And, 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 you know, not everybody gets remembered. And I just always felt like, um, you know, it's an honor to for people to remember you. It's an honor for people to have crushes on you. It's like a super. <laughs> thing so um i don't take it like um it doesn't go to my ego it right. just makes me feel good well you yeah. know what i think uh, diane people appreciate that you uh, so many times you'll you'll hear about somebody who's like oh, i don't want to talk about those movies or that that, yeah. that and and it's so thrilling for people who are fans of what you've done to mm. see you enjoy it as well and be in a good place about it that means well, the world 
You know, I'm really glad you said that because I always say, you know, an actor's job, you do the best you can in any work you do. You just do your best. It doesn't mean that the material is the best. And sometimes you rise, you make the material rise, you know. Um, but the thing is that I always, there are other actors who I have spoken to and they're very sometimes are ashamed of the work they did. And I'm like, you know, your job is not to judge the material. If it's making somebody happy, that is their job. Once you do it, it belongs to the world. Yeah. And if you start putting down something you did, that puts down what they did. You know what I mean? Like that with their 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 thoughts or their opinions. And I don't think that's cool. I think you have to back. You have to do your work the best you can, and then back the things you do in a way of like, well, look, if you know, uh, if it's not, um, it's interesting too. A lot of actors would be like, you know, they only want to do a list work, and so yeah, well, but not. Ever, but today, honestly, a lot of the a list work has disappeared. Like a lot of people don't even know a lot of things that I thought were really was really amazing and yeah. so I think that's really fascinating that you know the world has its own agenda and you know look with COVID we need is upbeat things so like Bill and Ted came back in you know strong form so it, it's not a, a, an actor's job to judge the, the work they do they have to let the work go and let the world use it as it needs. No I, I completely agree with that and speaking of Bill and Ted's uh you so you were uh, Princess Joanna I, I believe it was no, wrong. This is very good that you brought this up. I was Princess Elizabeth. That's <laughs> it. Right. So but you're not confused because in the credits it says Joanna. They got the credits wrong. Oh my ah. god. I know. Seriously, like not most bogus, right? <laughs> yeah, so, well, <laughs> here you are in this movie and and I have to ask the great George Carlin in this movie. Uh, and oh. you, you, what was it like working with George Carlin? Oh. Um can I just say that was a thrill for me? Um, because I love George, I love his routines. I think I, um, I remember seeing him his, do his stand-up, and wow, because he's, <laughs> he's brilliant, smart, edgy. Um, you know, he just takes you. He just his his. If you haven't seen George Carlin's stand-up, you gotta find it. He's brilliant. Um, and then when I met him, what was fascinating is. Hello, Diane. Nice to meet you. Pleasure. <laughs> this is George. My like so genteel, so sweet, so kind and not what you expect George to be. And we were all floored. I mean, I, we were all going, wait, is this George Carlin? <laughs> yeah, that was sort of a, a rebirth for him, for him because his career, you know, that the cinematic aspect of it was something that was new to him. And he had a number of, of reinventions. And I remember all of a sudden George Carlin was back on the map because of Bill and Ted. Uh, you know, it, it was, it, we just go to show that like when he's on stage, it's his persona. He lets a certain part of himself out. And then when he's himself, you know, he doesn't need to be the showman. You know, he was, uh, all I can tell you is that he was a brilliant man. Uh -huh. I mean, he really knew he, he was a person to, uh, that hopefully will be remembered through history. Yeah. Really yeah. Something uh, I've always been curious about Diane with, um, last American Virgin was, uh, the cast, uh, what did you guys think about the ending of that film? And a spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen, it, oh. it's a bummer. It's, uh, the, um, the guy doesn't get the girl. The guy, the guy who you're pulling for to get the girl doesn't get the girl. What, what did you guys think about that? Because it wasn't your typical ending of a film. Absolutely. So Last American Virgin, fascinating film because it was based on a true story of the director's life. We all came in thinking, well, he just made a mistake at the end, right? We're going to make this a happy ending. I mean, it is the last American Virgin. We have to have happy endings. And, uh, right? Like, yeah. this is not a 
Um, it was also interesting. It happened. We were we were actually the first film to make those teen films that used the music and all that stuff. We were the first one. Last American Virgin was actually made before Flat Fast Times, although they came out at the same time. It's we jammed. Were, it's yeah. jammed with music. I was watch. I just watched it the other day. It's back to back hits from that time. Unbelievable. I don't even know how they got the to do it because it was the first time that a lot of the popular music was put into a film. And what wound up happening was um, that movie. Okay, so we all thought we're going to change the ending, right? And the director was, no, don't. This is not going to happen. Boaz <laughs> Davidson, and we're going to, this is my life, my true life. We're going to keep it as is. And I was like, oh, wow, I have to readjust what I'm doing in this film because. I, you know, I didn't want the audience to see it coming. Yeah. But, but because I played it as someone who you don't see it coming, I think you wind up hating me even more. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Because this guy. Uh, I even look at myself and go, oh, man, you are a beat. You, know, you are a beat. I, I, for the longest time, I, I had an issue with it, but I, I have come to terms with it because... It's probably what would have happened exactly. in real life, to be honest. True, you know? true. And and by the way, I am. Uh, it, that was perhaps one of my greatest acting feats because I'm more like Monique. So <laughs> <laughs> I had to be very quiet and and I had to be very um, just you know. The, I, my whole image of that character was just the girl. If you, I have d- three different books. My first book, uh, the excellent adventures. Uh, I have different ones, Adventures, Curls, and um, Comedy. But The Adventures is the one, if you have, you want to see my career as an actress, go to my first book, uh, Excellent Adventures. And I go through all the movies I've done for, I write it as if, you know, if you have no idea what an 80s actor's life is like, actress's life, um, you could check that out. But that's, that is, I talk about that. Oh, we're fascinated by it. And you're also in, you're also in the sequel to the Amityville Horror, Amityville 2, The Possession. Uh, yeah. You're right. So, and you are from Long Island as well, are you not? I certainly am. As and, am I. Amityville was like, I don't know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes from where I lived. And um, the funny thing with that, uh, with Amityville, by the way, that was a time when people were not doing sequels. Like, if you did a sequel at, in the 80s, it was considered like, well, yeah, maybe someone will see it. I don't know. Like, it's not. It was <laughs> just, yeah. Why would watch part two when you can watch part one that was really the the head the thinking yeah and it was so i lived i grew up on long island east northwood we would go over and check out the amityville house and uh and but this i remember this that movie was particularly brutal burt young who the great burt young just off of rocky fame was your yes. was your father and it was yes. like about about abuse a family ab- yes. ab- abusing each other correct Oh yeah, no. It is definitely um, it is scarier than Amityville Horror. It's the it's the most people like often say that it's like this. It's the realist. It's the most because everything that happens that's really. I mean, it's it's a two part movie. The beginning of the film is about you know domestic abuse and physical abuse and incest and there's like heavy duty stuff that that in to me is actually scarier than the monster part. You right. Know, because it can be real. It's terrifying. But I think a lot of people can identify with characters and kind of understand. They they feel it. The second part of the movie is about the exorcism and uh, the monster aspect of it so that the second part of it would is what makes it really a classic horror film so um it's sort of like been people have come to me and said that they actually thought it was as good as the exorcist which it's, I, it's I, disturbing it's like it's a disturbing, disturbing movie yeah 
Diane, you so made... everybody. Yeah, you, <laughs> you pick your genre, people. But it is a good horror film if yeah. you like horror. Hey, you mentioned uh, life as an actress uh, in the 1980s, and I was curious how you may have avoided the, the, the trappings of the decade of excess, because, gang, if you think cocaine is popular now, <laughs> the yeah. 1980s, and especially if you're in the entertainment industry, was a party haven back in the day. Yes, you know, I'm really glad you said that because I actually just read an article about an, uh, another actress and she was talking about, oh, yeah, we did this film and we were doing, you know, drugs and all that stuff. And I, because I think I started so young, I missed all that. Like, I did not, I didn't have to hang with those people, which is perhaps maybe a reason why I didn't get into certain <laughs> films. I don't know. I wasn't the kind of person. I didn't party like that. I'm, um, I mean, I started acting when I was 10 years old, you know, wow. so my whole world was like I wanted to do that. And it wasn't like I came in later and said, oh, I, I want to be in a movie. You know, it was really my dream, you know, so I wasn't going to mess with that. And I was looked at, at as I had to take care of my body and my face and my work and my voice. And I just had to stay on it to compete, I guess, be in that world and that, you know, competition. It was highly competitive then because... <laughs> There wasn't as much media um, yeah. opportunity as there is today. You know, right. today everybody can even make their own movies, their own films. There, you had it was major competition. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah, and yeah. No, you're you're right. I have to ask because we've always been huge John Cusack fans, and it seems right. over the years, I don't know, he seems to be a lot more upset and pissed off, and we always love him <laughs> as as that. Yeah. Guy, the likable guy, the likable guy. Yeah. And is that a misread or do? You, what's your take on John Cusack? Okay, first of all, love John. John and I, we had great chemistry in Better Off Dead. He was so sweet. He's so smart. And he's so acerbic and funny, okay? John has always been really, really smart. And, um, you know, I think sometimes what was seen as shy was somewhat like he just kept his opinions to himself. You right. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, I think as the years went on, I think, you know, there's a lot of what John wanted to have is, you know, be taken more seriously, do more serious films, which, again, is hard. You know, look, at you're an actor and you get hired to do parts that you may not want to be seen in whatever. Honestly, then I guess don't do acting or don't do that part, but whatever. Um, but in his case, um, I think for him, there's John has always been someone who is um, thinking about. He, I think he just, he he is in his life where he, right? Like, I mean, I've seen John more recently, and I think that there's a part of the business maybe that he wishes maybe were, gave him what he needed, and mm -hmm. it didn't. It's like, it, you know, I mean, we love him, and I honestly have told him, I said, John, you know, this business, like, you don't understand what Better Off Dead did. You're, you know, you're endearing to people from that film. Yes. You know? vulnerable and people are you and that's really important to understand but i don't know uh, i think he's coming around he wasn't for a while but now I, he really is embracing better off dead a lot more and saying you know that he you know he he likes the film it's just that he didn't think he personally maybe that wasn't a film that he would watch but he did he did he did hot tub time machine which is an homage <laughs> to right, those wait, come on yeah come on. Right. i saw that too and i even said to him the last time i saw him i said we should work together i mean imagine if we did a film together now like people would go crazy and, yeah you know i don't know i put it out there so 
Well, it's, it's good to hear. He's, it's good to hear he's turning around. We 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 are we, yeah. we're delighted to see you embracing this and the books and everything because it does mean a lot to us. Yeah. And you're, oh, you 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 nailed sure. it. Yeah, how important that is. You know, it really. He's got to. You know, I think that John is. You know, another thing too. Like, obviously, I had kids. I got married. I you know, so I see a, like a, a different perspective than he does. You yeah. know, in life. And so I see the next generation and I see how important it is to watch things that are funny, but not completely like the thing about Better Off Dead that was very outstanding when it came out. And I even as an actor remembered it is there was nothing gratuitous. There was no like gratuitous nudity. There was no gratuitous language. It was just like (laughs) funny. And it was like, oh, my gosh, why can't we just watch something that's just freaking hilarious? Yeah. So um, that was I was actually unusual for film. I mean, you know, so it would be more just a kind of a thing on TV. But even then in TV, it couldn't be that off or that, you know, weird or like, you know, that kind of, you know, experimental. So um, I just want to say that, I mean, I think that um, I, my goal is hopefully that John will do a Q and A with me. So, John, if you hear this, please. <laughs> That'd be awesome. We, we will push for it. And, and, <laughs> yes, we want a Q and A. And by yeah. the way, Diane, so so the book, the excellent comedy, of the last American French Exchange, Babe of the Eighties, is is mainly about Better Off Dead and what went on in the making of and all the behind the scenes and yeah. fun stuff that took place, right? And you'll see the pictures on the front. Yes, that is okay. a picture from Better Off Dead. Yes, the comedy is the Better Off Dead one. The Curls has to do with more Last American Virgin. Okay. If you're a Virgin fan, go to look for the Curls book. <laughs> and then the uh, Excellent Adventures is about all the work I've done. The okay. chapters on Terror Vision and Amityville and Terror Vision. Um, yeah. All the, you know, yeah. how I got college and you know everything that's great wow. well thank you for letting geek out on you this morning we we love this stuff we we love your movies and and uh and it's just great to to meet you like this merci buckets we love you thank you diane franklin yeah. take care Oh my goodness! Is she uh, wonderful? Or I love her. Yeah, I love her. She's excellent, and I, I did. I mean, I crushed hard on her. Back yeah, she was she oh. was that it girl. I yeah. mean, but I mean, she, Last American Virgin is is a, uh, and it's actually a remake of the guy had done his. I guess he's an Israeli director. She mentioned his name, Bo something or other. But um, and it, it is his story. But it was marketed as crazy. You know, sex hijinks, and there's some of that in there. Yeah, but it's like she she has she gets pregnant. There's an abortion. There's an abortion. Yep. There's uh, and then and the the guy who's treated her like crap, she goes back to. Yep. At the end, and mm-hmm. the hero, the guy mm-hmm. we think is going to get him, the last scene is of him driving home crying in the car. Yeah, that's how the movie ends. Yeah, you're like I remember looking at each other going, "What? What? The I, I, what? <laughs> the hell just oh, happened?" But no. and and like I, like I said to her. Yeah, Probably is what would have happened. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean that's because the other guy was better he, looking. He was a jock. Yeah. He was a good looking guy. Yeah. You know, and the yeah. other guy was kind of nerdy and yeah. and and super duper nice. Bent and over backwards, borrowed tons of money, slept on a chair. Yeah, you know. Oh, wow, that was a great movie. Yeah, um, that was cool. Thanks for setting that up uh, for reaching out to her, Marissa, Stephen. Marissa, Marissa uh, close the deal. Yeah, organize the whole thing. All right. Um, well, let's take a break and come back in a minute. We're going to get into the bizarre file, and don't forget we do have Adam Sandler tickets to give away via the secret text words or text. Word secret two three nine three three three. We'll be back in a moment. The cardboard classic twenty twenty three now goes into the annals. I mean, the annals of history. A lot of heart went into all of these creations, and we appreciate everything. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, it's smoking too. Oh my god. Oh. 
Oh, the humanity. They did well, but then they hit one of the little, um, what would you call those? I would call that a snowbank. Oh, thank you, snowbank. Great day in the morning. Just to be up here with all these fantastic people is awesome. And by the way, we don't have a museum, but we do have a digital gallery of these things. This is true. See photos, videos, and random behind-the-scenes stuff at PrestonAndSteve.com. The Cardboard Classic Recap video is now available. It is complete, and it is awesome. It's exclusive footage, uh, footage from every angle on the mountain, <laughs> inside the sleds, from the sky. Thanks to Kane Drone Services, by the way. Never had coverage like this. Taking it to another level. Yeah, I mean, you, you feel the motion. Yeah. So if you want to take a look, we have it available at WMMR.com slash Cardboard Classic, where you'll see links right on the front. There's complete event coverage, including photo galleries from Chris K. Photography and Justin Turner Photography. And our buddy Kyle Mack had cut all this stuff together. And Marissa puts this uh, up on our, uh, you know, on our socials and, and sites and everything. And it's just it's it's hard work. It's wonderful. And hopefully... Uh, this will get you out there next year if yeah. you had been thinking about it this year and couldn't make it for one reason or another. By the way, on another note, Kathy, have your cats been coming in and out of the room? Yeah. Why did you hear them? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I locked them away. They're gone now. It was hilarious because we look at it like, what, what is that? Where's that noise? Yeah, where's that noise so coming annoying. from? They, it, no, I like, and I'm like, even I'm using my computer at home, not my laptop, um, so it's bigger. So I'm kind of positioned like behind the computer. I thought maybe if I didn't make eye contact with them that they wouldn't bother me, but you know, not so much. Not so much. It's hilarious. All right, bizarre file time. Here we go. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. This morning is brought to you by Rita's Water Ice. Happiness is in the air. Rita's is now open and serving up all your favorite frozen treats. Be cool. Go to Rita's and enjoy their delicious Italian ice and creamy frozen custard. All right, I want to make sure there's a couple stories I want to make sure I get to today. And I've, I had so many good bizarre file stories from yesterday. Here's definitely one of them I wanted to get to. Uh, a man who was arrested and charged with attacking a Columbus City employee while wielding an axe made his first court appearance on Monday. With the axe? Uh, no, but Anthony Margiotti angrily appeared for his arraignment Anthony by, by video conference after he allegedly attacked a woman who was performing an inspection of his residence. He refused to speak with his public defender and shouted obscenities during the arraignment. Antonio Margariti. Uh, the woman from the City of Columbus Code Enforcement Office was walking around his house on Thursday when he appeared... Uh, it appeared that no one was home when she heard a noise inside the home. She returned uh, to the front of the proper, uh, property, Margarethi, <laughs> then allegedly came out of the front door yelling and swearing at the inspection officer. He then grabbed the woman by her shirt collar and hair hey, hey, hey. and dragged her back to her vehicle parked on the street. Wow. The car was marked as belonging to the city of Columbus Code Enforcement. Uh, Margiotti, who was also holding an axe, let go of the woman and then smashed all the windows of her car. Mm. I'd say someone might need anger management classes. Oh, and someone's going to fail that inspection. Court documents said he also destroyed a work computer in the front seat of the vehicle. The woman ran away from the scene, and uh, police arrived and arrested him during a pat-down. 
uh, Margiotti uh, spit at a police officer in the face while being taken into custody. He's, he's not a pleasant guy. Uh, his bomb was set at $350,000. The charges are criminal damaging, endangering, kidnapping, harassment with a bodily substance. He also had a previous uh, court case over felony charge of harassment with a bodily substance from 2021. He likes to spit a lot. Well, he says it, he's turned his attitude around, Percy. He's doing hot yoga now. He says oh, it's really helping his Okay. All right, uh, this, okay, this one I definitely wanted to share. This is somebody who is very resourceful. Over the weekend, a sheriff's search and rescue team saved a man who was stuck in the Willamette National Forest. Now, it was an all-too-familiar situation as the man's vehicle was stuck in deep snow, and he was without cell service. However, he had something on hand that many in this position don't. He had a drone. And what he did, listen to what he did. He wrote out a text on his phone outlining where he was and what his situation before he it was before he attached the cell phone to the drone and he flew it up to a higher elevation where the signal would get out. And so when he did that, it reached a higher elevation, his phone connected to a cell tower, sent the message through, allowing to be made aware of his situation. So uh, when I saw this story, Preston, I'm telling you guys about this movie Fall, yeah, which is... It is really, I think, a solid movie, and they have a drone with them. They don't use it as smartly as he did, uh, but but yeah, it, it was. It's just a great idea. Yeah. So the uh, sheriff's office team was deployed. They found him along with another person who was also stranded nearby. But that's that's smart thinking, right absolutely. There. Yep. Or have a phone. A seemingly well, he did have yeah. a phone, but he had to send it up oh, there. Yeah. Uh, a seemingly guilt-ridden hoarder who loved both his faith and his porn. Fled his house, leaving the entire collection wow. of X-rated and religious materials behind, which later caused problems for the home new, home's new owners. So he loves his faith and his porn. He does. Does he have faith in his porn? He must. Maybe that's where the faith comes in. Uh, Sydney. I know this will get me off. Sydney Lima and her boyfriend, uh, Kieran Walsh, were in a desperate I get off. search for an apartment. <laughs> Sounds like a man of God. When they stumbled upon the three-story Jersey City home that was cheaper than most apartments, after booking and viewing, the couple made the unholy discovery that the entire house was covered from floor to ceiling in porn and Bibles, along with other trash. Uh, Both Lima and Walsh recall having to tiptoe their way uh, through three-foot-high stacks of clutter in the two-bedroom home. And uh, they said you couldn't get inside the door. That's how much stuff was, uh, which was in there, which was wild. And when we finally got in, I was mind boggled. I'd never experienced anything like this. Lima also revealed that the previous tenant seemingly kept every single piece of mail he ever received. Oh man! She said he was a very uh, ironic man. He had so many religious things, like stuff for the Catholic Church and Bibles, but he also had a whole lot of porn. <laughs> Couldn't help but notice you also have a lot of porn. Uh, in April 2022. What are you doing in the bathroom there? Uh, the couple. <laughs> <laughs> I get off. Up, he's finished. <laughs> That's Bill's noise that he makes right at the moment. Of, yeah. Think about that. <laughs> I get off. You got a staff meeting coming up today. <laughs> uh, Santa's got to go. <laughs> Santa went. Yeah. And it went all over. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll never be able to unthink that. 
Uh, the couple decided to give the apartment a new lease on life and began clearing out the stacks, and they now have their new place, porn and Bible-free. You guys better be careful. I'm not there to be the one to get in trouble. He'll drive over. The scapegoat. All right. Uh, one last story. How uh, about this one? This is a follow-up. A former Mexican beauty queen and her partner have been jailed in Spain for four years for stealing 45 bottles of wine worth an estimated $1.7 million. Wow. Uh, the incident happened in 2021 at a luxury hotel in the Spanish city of Caseras, where the couple were staying as guests. The couple later fled, but they were uh, arrested nine months later at the Croatia-Montenegro border and returned to Spain. None of the wine has been recovered, by the way. Uh, the court. Do named, they expect to recover? Do you know? They no, I don't yeah. think so. They named the couple only as uh, Tatiana and Estanislao, something like that. Uh, but they've been identified by the Spanish media as Priscilla Guerva and Constantine Dimitri. Uh, according to the court, uh, Tatiana uh, checked into the exclusive uh, Atrio Hotel using a fake Swiss passport. Uh, she was later joined by Estan Alzala, the other dude. Yeah. And uh, they both uh, enjoyed a 14-course meal at the property's Michelin Star restaurant, followed by a guided tour of the wine cellar. So they're passing themselves off as very wealthy. Yeah. So the, the guy returned in the early hours of the uh, following morning to raid the cellar. He was using a stolen key, mm. which the court suggested he took from reception while she was uh, providing a distraction. One of the bottles of wine, one single bottle of wine. Uh, which were stuffed into their backpacks had a unique 19th century vintage and is reported to have been worth $350,000. Astonishing. Uh, the theft sparked an international police hunt that ended in July when the pair were caught while trying to cross into Croatia. So they're going to jail for uh, four or five years. Well, it's not the first time they've done something like this, I can guarantee you. Yeah. Just, hey, let's give it a shot. Right. All right. And there you go. Your bizarre file. All right. Wow. Kathy Romano, you're at home. Do you have the strength to give us a number caller? Uh, for the secret text word. Yes, it's not me that's sick. Uh, okay. We're going to go caller eight. All right, call number eight, 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know that secret text word. We'll come back, get a winner. We'll grab a random texter as well, and we'll do lesson question trash music news. Hang in there. Looking for fun things to do this weekend? Pierre Robert's weekend calendar has you covered. Shows in town, movies to see, exhibits and specials around the Delaware Valley. Just use keyword weekend calendar at WMMR.com to get the list. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Oi, oi, oi. All right, let's see. We were thinking about giving away a prize uh, for a designated caller. And uh, Kathy had called out uh, for number eight. So let's go to the phones and see if we can indeed find that person who knows the word of the week. It, another word of the week, the secret text word. It's uh, Mark who's on the line. Hey, Mark, good morning to you, sir. Hey, good morning, everyone. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy. All right, so we got a very cool prize. If you can tell me what the secret text word is, sir. I believe it is meatball. Meatball is correct. Meatball sandwich. Mark, hang on the line. You are going to see Adam Sandler. There's a lot of Christmas songs out there. Friday, April 14th. Not too many Hanukkah songs, so... uh... 
Wells Fargo Center. Wrote a song for all those nice little Jewish kids who don't get to hear any Hanukkah songs. And a surprise guest will be there as well. Tickets are on sale now at wellsfargocenterphilly.com. Uh, details at WMMR.com. And our random texter is Steve. Uh, wow. Stop looking at me, Swan. <laughs> no, not no, Swan. Okay. Uh, Steve Johatson, I guess is how you say it. Johaston. Johnston. That's an N. Okay. Uh, Johnston uh, in Levittown. Hey! Yay! We know Levittown. Connor's handwriting. God bless him. I love everything Connor does. <laughs> But his handwriting is atrocious. <laughs> All right. So we are going to make sure they get the ticket. So congrats to your friends. Uh, we are going to pose today's lesson question. And let's see. Today, I should have looked at these ahead of time. Uh, how about this? Who hosted Metal Mayhem, <laughs> which aired around the same time as the Midnight Special? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. Who hosted Metal Mayhem, <laughs> which aired around the same time as the Midnight Special? This is all made up, by yes, the way. All it's right, always so only. Searching for it's not going to find anything out. Uh, 215-263-WMMR. Uh, let's see if you know the answer, and we'll do the trash while you're calling. The trash business is a goldmine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, brought to you this morning by Monster Mania. The biggest names in horror will be at Monster Mania Com 53. It's this weekend at the Doubletree Hotel in Cherry Hill. Special guests include Charlie Hunnam. Awesome. And, uh, the Sons of Anarchy reunion. Tickets at monstermania.net. What's up this morning, Steve? Well, Shaka Khan, livid. Over where she ranked on that Rolling Stone list of the 200 greatest singers of all time, Khan was very candid about the female singers ahead of her, saying, quote, had those bitches sound like their cooches are caught in a pasta maker. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. God. She's angry. Victoria's Secret hasn't hosted its annual fashion show in years. But now comes word that they're coming back. A Victoria's Secret representative says the new show will mark a return to basics with less of an emphasis on vajumics. And finally, the next episode of The Good Doctor will include the pilot for a spinoff called The Good Lawyer about an attorney with OCD. ABC is also planning another spinoff called The Not-So-Good Anesthetist Who Uses a Hammer. (laughs) And that's your Hollywood track. All right, uh, we're going to see if someone knows the answer to this question. Who hosted Metal Mayhem? Which aired around the same time as the Midnight Special. 215-263-WMMR. First caller in uh, is Ed. So we're going to go to him. Ed, good morning. Good morning. All right, Ed, who hosted Metal Mayhem, which aired around the same time as the Midnight Special, please? Everyone's favorite, Mr. Belvedere. Mr. Belvedere. Yeah, hang on, Ed. It was an odd choice. We're going to give you a pair of tickets to see. By the way, I didn't mention this earlier. Alice in Chains founder Jerry Cantrell, Brighton Tour uh, at the Excite Center stage inside uh, Parsino, Saturday, March 18th, MMR VIPs. You can enter at WMMR.com for a chance to win passes for the VIP meet and greet and sound check. If you are bored today or you're just looking to kill some time and you need a laugh, I, I highly recommend... Looking up Norm Macdonald telling stories about Bob Euchre talking about Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> yeah. Because they are absolutely hilarious. Norm Macdonald does a spot-on Bob Euchre impression, and Euchre's stories about Belvedere 
are filthy, <laughs> and and uh, Norm doesn't spare any expense. So I, he, he told him on Letterman. He told him on his podcast. Uh, just uh, I, I recommend them, and it'll be a good way to for you to spend your time today. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Uh, by the way, speaking of today, today, and I, I failed to mention this earlier, it's uh, International Women's Day. Yes, it is today. Oh man! Uh, so thank you, women, ladies, I, everyone. We didn't play lives. any women's. No, we didn't. That's going <laughs> to change. I'm going to do that. Next. Change it now. The hell. Can I- can I mention something really quick? I'm actually yeah. doing uh, an event tonight for International uh, Women's Day, and it's a virtual event. So the information is on my Instagram page. Um, it's in the stories, and then uh, my Instagram page for for a show that I do on Ben FM called Her Story. It's a uh, Her Story nine five seven. The link is in the bio on that page. But uh, yeah, it's a virtual event. They want you to sign up just so they can send you the link ahead of time. But um, we have some amazing speakers on tonight, and uh, so if you it's at six o'clock. Cool. Uh, if you're home, yeah, you can just log on. We're actually going to be talking to. Remember the police officer that died of the the bee sting? Yes. Um, yeah, we're talking to his wife. Is going to be speaking tonight. Uh, Whitney, and then we have somebody named uh, Dr. Jerry Lynn Utter, who I've known for years. She's actually friends with Tim Graham. That's how I met her in our sales department. Mm-hmm. Um, and her story is amazing. I mean, she was uh, on the path or, or should have been on the path to really nothing in life. And what she's done with her life, she's a psychologist now, and her story is is excellent. So she's going to be speaking as well. And then we have a couple of other speakers. But, yeah, it's tonight at 6 o'clock. And like I said, if you go to the Instagram page, you'll be able to see the link and sign up there. Excellent. All right. Thank you, Kathy. And by the way, and speaking of International Women's Day, I want to thank Ryan Reynolds for by far the funniest Aww. International Women's Day joke ever in Deadpool. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Just the best. Yeah. Like, I had to, uh, before, when that movie came out, I'm like, uh, I can't show my kids this movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> I definitely can't show them that part. It's, uh, it gets, that whole, that whole sequence of all those it various sex things that goes through. Yeah. The International Women's Day part was so damn funny. Casey and I saw that movie in the theater together, and I'm like, oh my God. Do you remember? It was, it was awesome. Children in that movie? Yes. Like children, like eight-year-olds. We yeah. Disney when we did that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. By the way, I, I spiked a uh, a women's band in for their... And, and, there we go. Yeah. All right. And uh, I, uh, I, I'm i excited about this one. I don't All think right. we've ever played this song All right. on our show. Well, that'll be coming up. There's a little tease for you, friends. <laughs> Is it Snowbird? Uh, it is God not. God damn it. No, we're doing music news. Here we go. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah! <laughs> All right, it is brought to you by... Can they just put the right name on here? No, why would they do that? I know. Can why would they just <laughs> give it a goddamn break? Okay, it's by Jerk. District Productions, uh, which it's live casino. Oh, uh, catch all we love the live casino. I know we do, but they need to label this properly, uh, and, and it's not their fault. It's whoever did this. Okay, moving on. Uh, catch all the March Madness at Sports and Social on the 52-foot big screen at Live Casino Philly, featuring Bud Light packages, giveaways, games, and more for an unmatched basketball viewing experience. Uh, earlier this week, Dave Grohl volunteered with the nonprofit organization Feed the Streets by firing up a barbecue grill, cooking some meat, and serving it to the homeless at MacArthur Park in Los Angeles. Uh, the organization posted a video along with the caption saying, On one of those wet and cold rainy days, we received a text from none other than Dave Grohl, and then they wrote codename Dolce & Gabbana. Uh, he said that he heard about what we were doing and wanted to help out. 
Uh, the organization said, uh, we threw him into an upcoming activation. He spent 18 hours straight smoking, wow. smoking brisket, ribs, and pork. God, he loves doing that, man. With a cooking crew, they stayed up all night and into the sunrise. The next day, Dolce and his team, exhausted and sleep-deprived, uh, packed up the food and drove it to MacArthur Park. But they left early and they left the cake out in the rain press. Oh, oh, no, not in MacArthur Park. He said all they had to do was uh, drop it off and leave. However, they decided to stay and work the line, serve the barbecue with our crew until everyone at the park was fed. If that ain't a hero, we don't know what the F is. Stay tuned. Dolce & Gabbana will be back <laughs> on the blocks to serve uh, Yucca and Skid Row soon. Last week, uh, day four, fed more than 500 people at a homeless shelter in Los Angeles. Wow. That's wonderful. I want to... I just want to see his barbecues like. He yeah. apparently has yeah. like really top level skills. Yeah, yeah. I love to as well. Uh, the 2023 lineup for Connecticut's Sound on Sound Festival is going to feature headliners Red Hot Chili Peppers. John Mayer and Alanis Morissette runs from September 30th through October 1st. Rolling Stone reported the festival will return to Bridgeport Seaside Park and feature such artists as the Trey Anastasio Band. Ooh. Uh, Jim Blossoms, Hozier, uh, Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. Uh, oh, Philadelphia's own Snack Time ah. will be performing at that, along with a ton of other bands I've never heard of before. When Actually, uh, uh, Mount Joy's on there as well. I've, I've become a huge fan of these guys. They went to Conestoga High School. They're a Philly band as well. Wow. And uh, so they, um, they've been doing a lot of festivals lately. They were in the Eddie Vedder Festival out in uh, Arizona, and they're doing this one too. Nice. So they've announced it. Uh, the Edge is promising a revitalized-sounding revitalized U2 for its next studio set. The band's going to drop its new 40-track Songs of Survival collection March 17th, but they've already uh, begun plotting their next move, which will feature big electric guitars. We have heard this, by the way, that they're going to be more guitar-centric. So Edge said, I am not sure uh, U2 are going to turn into ACDC exactly. I'll still be trying to find ways to use the instrument that are new and unfamiliar, but I'm absolutely convinced that the guitar is going to be front and center within mainstream music culture in a year or two, and I want to be a part of that revival. And I don't think that there's any chance of the future drying up. I've been working on other new stuff in uh, parallel that's uh, much more vital and requires a YouTube band sound to fulfill it. <clears throat> Regarding uh, Bram Vandenberg... Sitting in for Larry Mullen Jr. during the band's upcoming Las Vegas residency following his back surgery and recovery. Uh, the Edge said, no one is more disappointed than us that Larry can't be joining us in Vegas. We made a commitment. In the history of U2, you can count on the, you can count the shows we've missed on one of, on, on the fingers of one hand. So that would be five. That would be five. He said, uh, the people who are going to miss Larry the most, I think, will be Bono, Adam, and myself. And it'll be strange to turn around and not see him behind or us after, you. after all these years. <laughs> but the show will be amazing, he said. And then finally, we'll end with this. We touched on this earlier, but uh, iconic TV show, The Midnight Special, which ran for 450 episodes between 1973 and 1981, has launched a YouTube channel to mark its 50th anniversary. The channel promises to share many performances that haven't been officially available on the platform to date. Among the videos available at the channel's launch are the original pilot episode from 1972 featuring live performances from John Denver, Argent, Harry Chapin, David Clayton Thomas, Cass Elliott, the Everly Brothers, the Isley Brothers, Helen Reddy, Linda Ronstadt, and more. The Corsican Brothers. I, I wonder well, if they've redone the sound press. Did any indication on that? They didn't say it in the okay. story. Uh, as well as clips from Fleetwood Mac, David Bowie, Rod Stewart, Tina Turner, and more. Uh, the show's creator, Burt Sugarman, 
uh, said the Midnight Special was a groundbreaking and revolutionary show that pushed the boundaries of what was possible on television as not one broadcaster had programming available after 1 a.m. back then. I insisted on live performances in front of an audience. Uh, there was no lip syncing. Other artists who performed on the show, whose appearances will presumably become available over the coming months, uh, include uh, Led Zeppelin, Aerosmith, Kiss, Elton John, ACDC, Badfinger, The Cars, <laughs> Cheap Trick, wow. Peter Frampton, Genesis, Heart, Little Feet, Prince, Roxy Music, Steely Dan, Thin Lizzy, and ELO. I'm going to subscribe to that. I'm going to spend some time there. Yeah. Press yeah. they have Elvin Bishop fooled around and fell in love. Oh, man. Great song. song. Excellent. Was uh, that Mickey Thomas was Mickey the vocalist? Mickey Thomas was the singer, and Elvin Bishop played guitar. Right. Yeah. Is that uh, on the Guardian soundtrack? It is. Yeah. Fooled around and fell in love. Wee, wee, You know. Yeah. Uh, it's a great song. What is this uh, audio? Uh, just, we played it earlier. It's the John Denver intro. You raised me. Oh, Shut the Well done. <laughs> gotcha. Sing music. Here they give me. Uh, highlights from the clips available <laughs> at launch include uh, Fleetwood Mac playing Rihanna in early 1976 and Go Your Own Way just two months after the release of Rumors in 1977. David Bowie performing Space Oddity in 1974. Rod Stewart hooking up with Keith Richards for a rumble through Twisting the Night Away in 1975. And Tina Turner delivering a feisty Nutbush City Limits in 1973. Yeah, this could be... Yeah. You could spend a lot of time watching these. That show was great. I remember, yeah. It was like no man's land late. I used to end up... I would watch The Tonight Show when it was 90 minutes long. And, you know, and then on anything... You know, Preston, the only thing years ago... Stations would go off the air at a certain time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not anymore. YouTube, check it out. All right, there you go. That is Music News for you. We're going to take a break. We are going to come back in just a second, and we'll get the letter of the day for the Word of the Week prize from Pierre Robert. So stay with us. It's MMR's Local Shots, Artists of the Month. Hailing from Fishtown, it's Velvet Rouge. the air every Wednesday at 630 with your host, Brent Porsche. Search local shots right now at WMMR.com for even more exceptional local music. Brought to you by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. And the station that's always supported Philly's music scene. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Hey, Wednesday morning with Preston Seacher. Sorry, I couldn't find out where my... Where that effing sound was coming from. <laughs> Stinking fader. Um, but I got it figured out now. Oh, I'm sorry, and I'm trying to juggle this. I'm, I'm Kathy on my FaceTime phone here, and I'm trying to pull up and get all this stuff organized, and our pets' heads are falling off. Where's that sound coming from? Our pets' heads are falling off! Anyhow, uh, today's There's been... There's nothing on here! It's been a fun uh, program today. It so. has. I would like to thank uh, a couple of guests we had on the show. First of all, we had uh, Ian McLaughlin, who is in charge yeah. of the Prum Philly. It benefits Travis Manion Foundation. It's for um, uh, veterans. Uh, it's a great organization and a really cool event, a very cool party at the Union League, uh, Friday, March 31st. And our buddy Roland Scarinci will be there, the 100-year-old uh, Marine. He's the best. plays harmonica, and they're going to name uh, their community award after him. 
awesome. Uh, so details available. Essentially, it's an adult prom. It's it's you know it's black tie, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, evening gown and uh, dinner and dancing and all this stuff. So it's really really cool. And our inf- uh, information you can find that at wmr.com. And then we had such a great time talking to actress Diane Franklin, yeah, yeah, who was from Last American Virgin and Better Off Dead and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And she's got a book out called The Excellent. Comedy of the Last American French Exchange Babe of the Eighties, <laughs> and she was just so sweet. She was awesome. Yeah, I really, love that. I love really. that she's in, in, into it too. Yeah, and uh, just had a great conversation with her, which was really cool. Pierre Robert is indeed here in the studio, ready to go. Hey, man. Good day, then. Nice to see you. Is she at that Comic Con thing? No, not, not the Monster Con coming up. Okay. Uh, but she does do these conventions because I heard her say convention, so I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, not this particular. You know, the Monster Con is. Huge, yeah, it really uh, and it, yeah, there's a, a ton of stuff to recommend it. But she was talking about it's, something I, I think in Georgia. I think it's this weekend, isn't yes. it? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, no. Uh, uh, you ever go to those? Oh days? yeah, they're fantastic, uh, and 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 uh, the guy who runs the Davis is just tremendous. I mean, he he pulls in so many top level uh, people to the horror realm and just the pop culture realm. He really works it and uh, delivers. I went to a Star Trek convention one time. <laughs> And it it was Geekorama. Oh, yeah, there yeah. were so many people dressed in Star Trek pajamas. Yeah. I mean, none of the uniforms looked quite right, so they all looked oversized or undersized. They're all in great shape, though. Have you noticed? <laughs> that? Yes, I noticed that. But I got um, I got to ask Leonard Nimoy a question, and there were to me were great differences and incorrect things that didn't connect from Star Trek One to Star Trek Two. And I went into this involved question, and he looked at me like, "You moron!" Ah. And but what he said was. Well, time passed. All right, next question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In terms of the changes between Star Trek One and Star Trek Two, why don't you leave me alone? They yeah. had different questions. They had different uniforms, and and Kirk wanted to wanted to get back, but then he wants to retire. Well, I mean, I don't understand the, the timeline. Time passed. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. And, it's like the and, Shatner SNL skit. Yes, get get alive. Right, yeah. Right. yeah, get alive. Why don't you people? Move out of your mother's basement. Uh, well, shall we get the letter from yes. you? Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. He is in perfect. All right, and we are working our way towards a five-letter word. We'll have it on Friday, and we'll give away four tickets on the floor to see Muse. Uh, the Will of the People Tour, which is coming up Sunday, March 19th, Wells Fargo Center. Special guest, Evanescence. And some tickets remain via Wells Fargo Center, Philly.com. Uh, what's up on the show today, sir? Well, um, we're going to get to a block of Disturbed, a block of Jay Giles Band. Yesterday was Peter Wolf's birthday, I believe, and mm-hmm. I think we fell a day behind. Uh, and then we're going to get into a big block of women's songs as well for International Women's Day. Love that. I Thank like you. that you put Cherry Bomb in, by the way. Yeah, it was Casey. Casey's call. Uh, it was like, you know, we but made if, a rock we're chick anthem, ladies' anthem. There's so many. I, I know. Mean, you know, and in this station's history alone, going back to the folk singers like Joni Mitchell and Bonnie Raitt up to the Hailstorms, you know, and uh, pretty reckless and things like that. So there's a lot of incredible rock and roll talent in the women's department that needs to be celebrated. Excellent. That'll happen today. I uh, want to thank our sponsors, President Steve Show, brought to you today by Duncan. President Steve Show runs on Duncan. Also brought to you by Monster Mania Con 53. Tickets this weekend are available at monstermania.net. And also Villanova University's College of Professional Studies pre- uh, pursue the to you tomorrow on our program. Oh, the Academy Awards are coming up. We'll have the Anatomy Awards. Yes. 
tomorrow. Much more important. Mr. Skin will be joining us, and we still have a bunch of things to give away and things to do and talk about, so that'll be tomorrow. That's it. We're done. Rage on and have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Attention shoppers, we now have taste in the bread aisle. Dave's Killer Bread. That's right, an organic bread that's no longer a sedative for your taste buds. Dave's Killer Bread is on a mission to make the most of the loaf, to rid the world of GMOs, high fructose corn syrup, and artificial ingredients, and plant the seeds of good in all that they bake. Killer taste, killer texture, and always organic. Dave's Killer Bread. Bread amplified.